0: we got there. yeah I have to beep it's just so I could see when we start I like it (laughs) CIA agent uh on the blacklist and uh recovery for children and many many other things thank you for coming in I really appreciate it
1: thanks Tommy for having me I'm excited to be here with you so
0: right before we get into everything the first thing I want to get into is the recovery for children that you have I think that's really uh excellent thing that you're doing now that I have a kid I mean and a daughter at that I mean it really Touches me. What got you into that and made you start that?
1: Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, 1993, you remember a little incident called Black Hawk Down, it took place in Mogadishu, Somalia. So most people are familiar with that that part of the country because of that um, pretty unfortunate incident that took place. But prior to that, I was attached to a couple of uh, CIA paramilitary ground branch teams that went in to do a number of things on the ground, Southern collecting intelligence and reopening the embassy and a few other things. And um, while I was there, uh, we had an attachment of Center Spike and a couple of other people with us at our safe house. And uh, it was during that tour of duty that we stumbled upon uh, a couple of children, two girls actually, um, that were dressed differently. Uh, they had green t-shirts, blue jeans, aviator glasses. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, and we uh, struggled with the decision uh, to do something about our find, so to speak. I mean, we didn't really have any place to take them. Couldn't take them back to the safe house. And uh, so over the course of, of days, um, we wrestled with that until uh, we made a decision to actually uh, do something about it, and go find them again. Uh, I think, you know, it's easy to accept collateral damage in any civil war. But that one didn't sit well with any of us. So um, unbeknownst to the agency and other people, uh, it became a another mission on top of a mission. So we rescued them. found, got them to an orphanage that was there and when I got back to the United States. Um, I still wrestled with the idea of missing kids. I don't know, something about saving those kids kind of did something to my heart?
0: Well, I, I think it's just being a human
1: being, right? N- I think I you're right. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and it's funny, uh, in the clandestine service and you're running operations, um, you try not to be that to some extent. So when I got back and I asked... Um, and Bows, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Uh, could you explain what the clandestine system is? Clandestine service is just another term for the world of espionage, oh, okay. CIA, uh, spying. 17 more <laughs> different ways to <laughs> Exactly. it. <is that>. Exactly. <laughs> And um, so, Tommy, when we got back, I started asking the question in America, do we have missing kids? Mostly to my law enforcement partners or people that I knew. And they said, yeah, we have uh, about 250,000 missing. Really? I said, yeah, at that time in 1993. (coughs) That was 93. 93, yeah. So I said, well, I asked the question, what's being done about it? And uh, I kept getting the same answer about federal, local, state, and federal law enforcement, which was, well, we have budgetary constraints, we have communication stra- restraints above, between states, and uh, we just consider most of them runaways, and honestly, nothing's being done about it, really. I mean, murder, car thefts, crime, like, you know, homicides and all that are a priority, and kids really aren't. And I appreciated their being, them being up front but it still didn't make me feel any better. So when these kids go missing, what are these people just, a kid's outside
0: on the porch and bang, they just yank the kid and take the kid to another country, how does it
1: work? You know, it it happens on, it happens many different ways. Um, The very first thing that I've come to realize over all the years is um, any kid who has a really bad family, because not every parent's a great parent, um, the kids, as my wife would say, they're either running to something, or they're running away from something. And in every case now, up to from 1993 to 2022, one thing has been consistent is that um, the kids come from really bad homes. Um, so that's a common denominator with one, all of that's this. That's just one, yeah. Mm. Um, so um, at that time, 250,000 missing, and nothing was being done. So. On my weekends and my holidays, it's funny, i am been next to the agency from 93 to 96, um, I would go out and rescue a kid. That's and, so cool. Uh, um, by 96, all of a sudden, after doing this for about three years on the sly, um, I realized there was something bigger than overthrowing small governments. And I was felt like I was being called, literally. Now, you know, It's one thing to do something you think's really cool and nice, but to be called to do something, all of a sudden there's a gnawing at your heart, to the point that you realize that if it's going to only going to get done if you do it because you're going to do it right. And so by '96, I made a a choice to leave a lifestyle that I loved very much um, and go do something that I believed was the right thing to do. And so I chose to sacrifice that and. Ended up, and then there were many other things happening in the world at that time that helped make that decision a little bit easier. But um, so in 1996, I started the Association for the Recovery of Children, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization of former intelligence, military, and law enforcement officers that are dedicated to the recovery of missing, exploited, and sex trafficked children in America. So I think to date, we may actually be probably the longest running. Child rescue NGO in the U.S. Outside of maybe the, the Salvation Army or somebody like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, take me through the site a little bit, in case you know, because you can donate, you can help out, right?
1: Yeah, you you actually can. Um, you know, our nobody receives a, a paycheck in our organization. It's all volunteer services, and um, what we do in addition to actually rescuing children is that we got to the point where we realized that. A lot of uh, nonprofits that got into this arena were teaching awareness but awareness doesn't bring anybody home so we began one of the first courses on equipping people to actually go out and run child rescues it's called uh, the fight child trafficking equipping course and it's about six days it's very intense but by the time people finish that they're pretty much qualified to go out and actually go rescue a kid now there are a lot of things that they still need to learn and practice and work on, but we give them the tools and we teach them actually how to go out. Also, sometimes along with their law enforcement partners and sometimes independently to actually go out and rescue a child. Um, we have to build an army. We have to, what's the term everybody use? force multiply? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we know that we're never gonna be able to have enough people in our own organization. So we want to create more organizations to do the same thing, good organizations. And when I say that, Tommy, I say it because there are a lot of NGOs, anti-trafficking NGOs out there. They have great marketing teams. They make a lot of money into the millions of dollars from government grants and whatever, and there's no oversight as to how that money's spent. But because we're long in the tooth, We're able to look behind the veil and a lot of times see who's doing what they say they're doing. And I would would tell you, sadly, that our investigation shows that probably up to 60%, maybe more, of the NGOs that claim they're rescuing kids are not rescuing kids. Probably up to 60% of the aftercare organizations that go, we have 40 beds, maybe have four beds. But they said 40 so they could get right. money for 40 bids. Right? It's like the
0: commercial you see on, on whatever channel and the kid's are there and, and they make you feel bad and give it $10 a month, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then you then three years later, they're indicted for embezzling you know, $30 million of whatever they made.
1: Exactly. You know? Yeah, I would always caution people to uh, vet out organizations as far as they can to make sure that they know that every single penny is being spent for what that organization it should says it should be spent for.
0: Boss, how sick is that?
1: It's one thing to do like with a dog, you know, like
0: okay, give money for a dog or give money for this or whatever on those stupid commercials, but but to do a scam about missing children, I mean that's that's that's
1: crossing the line. Uh a lot of people cross lines. We'll we'll get into that the rest of the podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, a lot of organizations three letter agents, so A lot of people there, There's so yeah. many
0: other scams you could pull you could. fucking kid, Jesus.
1: Yeah, well, Children are a commodity, yeah. Um, particularly the ones that are being sex trafficked, or the ones that are being used for organ parts or body parts. I mean, here's—I mean, you're right. When you ask that question, it's kind of like this: I mean, you know, before you start caring so much as a liberal, for the children that are illegally crossing the border, why don't you care about the children that are in the dumpsters behind the Planned Parenthood? It's like it's hypocritical. It just gets brushed under <laughs> the rug. Exactly. Brushing under the rug like nothing ever happened. Yeah, it's just whatever they want it to be for whatever given day, you know, their, their cause or whatever it may be. So, with this, we have NGOs that went there a lot that go, Hey, we can make a lot of money. And they're doing the same thing that the pimps are doing when they sex traffic. They're sex trafficking children to make money. And someone has created an organization to say they're saving children to make money. Fucking sick. Yeah. No, that's the world we live in. And, and what I, I remember reading about that
0: organ—they're—they're—they're
1: they're they're actually taking their organs, and yeah. then you—and then what do they do? They sell them the on heck? the on the black market, and they bring a good price. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sell. If I think my wife and I were talking about this this morning, I think she mentioned that for one baby, all of their parts you can get. Totally close to a million dollars for
0: them. Oh, gee. Yeah. That, so there's shit.
1: kidneys, there's livers, Fuck. there's there's stem cells, there's, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So <coughs> the question, I guess, is really is <clears throat> when do we finally realize that our children are innocent and precious enough that we want to protect them?
0: And put well, time into... To- to, to figuring this out and to make yeah. a task force. Why yeah. isn't there a task force? You got a task force for... There's a task force for everything. Uh, and what's the bullshit we always hear, the, the green energy? You got a task force for green yeah. energy when this has happened how many times? How many times has it gotten hot, cold, hot, cold? You know, we're Longest adding it's
1: history, it. I think. Yeah, I, it's I mean, always it's hot and cold. All you
0: know? got to do is look at history. It, it <laughs> exactly. always happens. It goes up and down, up and down. <laughs> exactly. You know, what the fuck?
1: Well, there are these task force. Um, uh, every state has a uh, anti-human trafficking task force and it's been our experience because we we don't really go undercover but we attend a lot of them just to see what's going on and they get together and they pontificate about trafficking and they give themselves rewards and awards and and they meet every thursday and have coffee and talk about the problem Um, but nobody goes out on the street look we're on the street we're downrange in the mess of this we run our own intelligence network in the life that's the term we use for prostitution um, we won't disclose a lot of that, but we have ground truth, and we know who's actually on the ground. Look, if something becomes explosive, like some organization says, we rescued 3,000 children last year. Look, we do it. One child takes us months of investigative work to find sometimes and, and rescue, whatever. So I'm happy if it's really true that you this organization rescued 3,000 kids, but that's so explosive that even the cartel would be chattering about it, <laughs> right. you know I mean? And so a good point. we don't trust, when we go to pull our intel, a lot of times we don't get our intel from the media that's already bought off, okay? We don't do that. We go underground, we go to the people that are in the know. And that may be, sometimes it could be listening to what the bad guys are saying, I mean look, you rescue 3,000 children, you just put a dent in somebody's business. A big dent. A big dent, okay? That's a lot of money, so they'd be talking about it. And when they're not talking about it, we go, well, did it really happen? And then we do further investigation, and we realize that it didn't happen. Now, our job, <clears throat> excuse me, our job isn't to go after other NGOs. They'll get caught in their own lies. Our job is just to save a kid. That's it. Um, these people will fall on their swords, but people need to be aware that there are people profiting on both sides of the table on children.
0: And and what what was it that Epstein? Right, that was the guy. Well, was he really sucking? What was he doing? Sucking adrenaline out of kids? Adrenochrome? Yeah, I
1: I don't know enough about that. I I here's what I know. I carry a gun because Epstein didn't kill himself. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So. No, um, That's
0: absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. There's no way that the cameras go out like that. Exactly. There's so, no way that there's not a lieutenant walking around. In there. Yeah. Guaranteed.
1: So Epstein um, was... He wasn't the big dog. There are people above Epstein. Okay? <coughs> Clinton. There's a Clinton. <laughs> yeah, who, by the way, was like found guilty of, what, 11 things before they even decided to, um, to impeach him. And then Trump was never found of anything after two years of Mueller investigating. And they they still tried to impeach him. Something screwed up with that. But um, with that said, there's the cartel. And there's, and underneath the cartel, there's the gangs, MS-13, the Bloods, the Crips. there's all that. But above Epstein, there's the Vatican. And above the Vatican, there's other things. So one of our first, our board members, uh, Ambassador Bill Wilson was one of the first ambassadors to the Vatican sent there under Ronnie Reagan, President Reagan. Love that guy. And um, Bill was sent there. Bill's not alive any longer, but I had conversations with Bill and I think it's safe I could disclose this now, but Bill was sent there by President Reagan for many purposes, but one of those was to look into the trafficking and abuse of children by the Vatican. Fun. This episode is sponsored by
0: Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Low testosterone can have all types of health effects. It can affect your muscle mass, memory, mood, sex drive, you name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. They're a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits, and their male hormone test lets you easily test your testosterone levels at home. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available to you in your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of Let's Get Check nursing team may call you to review your results. Let's Get Check laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which is the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash mscs special offer for mscs media viewers use promo code mscs at checkout and get 30 percent off your test the link is in the description below at the top this episode is brought to you by fiji more than just water this is not just rock it's ancient volcanic rock
1: that filters tropical rain giving it double the electrolytes and its signature soft smooth taste it's not just water, it's Fiji Water.
0: Again, that's Fijiwater.com slash MSCS, five dollars off and free shipping.
1: Finally, <clears throat> right? Finally. Way back, right. <laughs> and Bill came back with the basically the information of that's exactly what was happening. Now the Vatican, as powerful as it is and everything, has managed to skirt that issue for years and managed the high priests that were abusing children, whatever it may be. But Bill confirmed it. And being one of our board members, we sat down and had that meeting and that was the first look we had into the power structure. And then of course above the Vatican there's elite families, you know, there's the Rothschilds, there's the Bilderbergs, there's the all the powerful global players. Um and so that's kind of the pyramid. You get all the way down the bottom and there's the the pimp. It's like a damn mob. You got like a boss, captain, it's, it's like the, honorable. I mean, it's like the cabal on the blacklist. Yeah. Yeah, sure. there you go. Still <laughs> yeah. can't believe you're on the fucking blacklist. I watched, yeah. I can't wait until we get to that yeah. part of this podcast. <laughs> well, how, how weird is that, that I like live in that world, and I get picked up as a co-star for the blacklist about a cabal, right? It's yeah. Like, I felt right at home. <laughs> exactly. So maybe but it was your calling. You know? Maybe it was. So. But um, to answer your question, uh, it is. It's, it's big. It's billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, and that's not even including the satanic cults and satanic rituals and other organized things that take place. But when it comes to just children, I think the message that needs to be sent, uh, and particularly in our country, is that there isn't, there's, there's no sacred line any longer. And I tell parents all the time, look, whether you're a good parent or a bad parent, you know, if you care the least about your children... Do everything you can to raise them properly and love them because there are people out there that are willing to use them and make money. Once your kid's gone, I would love to be able to say that Ark has, has find and rescue every kid in the world that disappears. It's not the case. And I would love to sit here, Tommy, and say, we're going to end child trafficking. That's not true. We're not. Until Almighty God comes back, it's not happening. You know, we can vote on our watch We can put the biggest dent in it that we can or we can at least stand up in the face of evil (coughs) and say that when we get involved, you better watch out because we're coming and we're going to do our best to save kids. But that level of corruption that exists, particularly in a broken judicial system, and, and make no doubt about it, we are in a broken system right now.
0: And do you know how naive people are to this? Because when I was reading about this, and I knew you had done it, and I had asked people about it, do you realize that, like this this shit's going on? I have no idea, you know why Because all they do is this phone so all day long, yeah, I have no idea, no idea
1: yeah, yeah, or I know if they do, and you tell them they just go, well, that's not true, yeah or or that was one that that was you know one in a million exactly, but it happens um every day, every day, thousands of kids li- kids listen and disappear um some, some are runaways. Um, some are kidnapped. Some just want to disappear. You know, they hate where they are. But I think it's in our experience that now um, a vast majority of them end up getting trafficked. And, and how much worse has this border being open?
0: I mean, have, have you seen an, a massive increase? We yeah. have. We
1: have. ARC broke um, the first case uh, through a CIA a confidential informant. Uh, this past year, when they called us and they said, hey, we have these flights showing up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at the Wilson Aviation Area on the airstrip, and they're unloading children uh, for these, these planes, right? So we put a team together, and for- fortunately for one of our board of directors had access to a flight. Um, we took his private plane, we went there, got on the ground, set up surveillance, and sure enough, two o'clock in the morning, big jet flies in, they start unloading children. And like it's nothing. Like, like Yeah, in the middle of the night. What, everybody's just turning their head while this is going on? Yeah, everybody was. Like the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, Wow. we called them and they said it's on the up and up. We let them know ahead of time. Um, the governor evidently did not know. Um, Wilson Airfield. How does the governor not know? I don't know. Good question. <laughs> the owners of Wilson Airfield said they didn't know. and But yet, the police officer that was working for Wilson aviation he knew so the kids were taken off the planes (coughs) (coughs) sounds like somebody got paid off they were loaded on buses we followed the buses the children were taken to another parking lot and just dumped out for individual cars saw no exchange of paperwork there was not a unificate reunification center the kids just got on cars and just took off and they didn't willfully get in cars they were being led on which car to get into or whatever it may be. So so each car had to have a reason, you know, this car goes here, this car goes to right. do something not good. Something probably not They good. weren't going to Pizza Hut. They did not go to Pizza Hut. No, <laughs> you're, I don't think so. Or Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but that's funny about the Pizza Hut thing. That is, yeah. remember the whole scam in Washington? Yeah. Pizza, simple thing. So um we reported that. We even sent a report up to ICE. To get their response and a response, and what we got from them was, the Biden administration has orchestrated this, and there's nothing we can do about it. Now that's my context on ICE. Didn't say they weren't going to do anything about it. Just said we can't do anything about it. What's interesting then about all of this then, is I don't think the governors reported you know wanted it all of them. <coughs> but if it be true, that Congress didn't you know authorize it. Or or that the people didn't authorize it. This is probably the largest human trafficking operation by a federal government that I have ever seen in the history of the United States. Think about this. Good friend of ours who works works with the ARC actually went and sat down with the cartel, a member of the cartel, excuse me, and she asked the question about unaccompanied minors coming to the border. And the cartel was bold enough because they have enough people on their payroll. And, and they said, think about this. I ha- we help get company minors across the border. And we bring a lot of 17-year-olds in, a lot of males. Right? <coughs> they come across America, you take them, they go into foster care, they age out the next year. What do they do for work? They have no education. They can't get a job. But now they're 18. But now they're 18. They're on our payroll. Mm. These are our next drug traffickers. These are our next mules. These are our next pornography distributors. And they went down the whole line. And you said, they work for us. Now they can say that, and you would think, how can they say that? They're giving it away. (coughs) They can say it because they have enough people in the Senate and the United States of America and Congress that are on their payroll in one way They know right. nothing will happen. They know nothing will happen. So, so
0: they'll go out right you. yeah, you know, we yeah. take three, three 300000 this yeah. one has drugs, this one we're going to, you know, rape, do whatever, yeah. blah, 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 and then they have no fear because they got they, they have them in their pocket.
1: Yeah, and they have judges, and they have members of law enforcement on their payroll as well. Now, a lot of people listening to this will say, well, you're just making that up. No, I'm not. We have that. You wish we have, were making it up. We have <laughs> evidence, and that evidence, some of it was submitted to DOJ, and there are certain people in DOJ that have it and are holding it. The question is, why are they holding? Because those members who are friends of ours in DOJ said, nothing's going to happen here right now, not under this administration. So we're just going to hold on to it until it's the right time to distribute it and let people know. But we've seen the evidence, and sure enough, there are people and names and places and it's all it's all true what's the benefit of this administration
0: ignoring this what's the benefit of opening the border like what is it to them
1: in their minds what's the benefit well i think there's a number of things number one if they're in bed with the cartel or global leaders oh, yeah. then you're helping their business model because you're letting these kids through because they're the next mules or whatever it may be that's number one number two you're bringing in a lot of people in the country that already depend on their government to help them. So you're already bringing a ready-set socialist mindset into the country. These people are never going to study the history of America, and we're not even teaching it anymore. Our sense. own kids. I, I mean, know. I can go on the street to probably any 15-year-old that I find and go, who is the first president of the United States?
0: Hey, Rob, didn't you say they stopped? Are they doing uh, history with your kids right now?
2: Yeah, uh, my son has civics right now does he yeah he goes to a charter school but they well there
1: you go he goes to a charter school right I don't know about the
2: regular regular public
1: a lot of public schools aren't teaching we have we talk to school teachers on a regular basis (coughs) excuse me and they're frustrated with it because um, civics isn't being taught social studies isn't being taught so nobody has a sense of nationalism okay so you have let's say the which generation is the new generation uh Z maybe I Z ZenX, or yeah I'm not sure the It's uh, one of those I sorry. just say when I
0: when I when somebody I say your generation with your phone that you can't get off of
1: I don't know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> that generation yeah, that, that generation <laughs> that generation right there right So if you have that generation that has no sense of nationalism and they just go along with every liberal idea like let's tear down the statues look no no country's perfect but everything you tear down means your history is lost. It may not be a good history, but if you don't learn from it, you tend to repeat it again. So all those things, people, whether you liked, I'll just use this thing again, whether you liked the the Confederacy or the Union, it didn't matter during the Civil War, okay? They all fought for causes they believed in, but we need to understand what that was all about. And so, because this is what Stalin did. After Stalin, after Nicholas was gotten rid of, Stalin came in and took all the books away, all the statues, everything that the, to remind the new generations that were coming up what Mother Russia was like. And they had an amazing history. I mean, you know, if you study their history, it's pretty rich. We have an amazing history too, based on people fighting for the freedom and democracy and all that. But, <coughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons why the Civil War happened, and it wasn't just slavery. It was a lot of things. You know, it's funny about that whole issue that I keep hearing coming up. I have a lot of, and I'm segueing just a little bit, but I'm going to come full circle here. I have a lot of friends who are black Americans. They never want me to call them African Americans. They go, I wasn't born in Africa, I don't know anything about Africa. If my ancestors came from Africa, I am so blessed that they came here because I've been to Africa, and I never want to live there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, however we got here. Like my grandfather came from Beirut, right? I'm so grateful that he came here from Beirut, Lebanon, and then we're not there anymore because I don't want to be a part of all that stuff that's going on over there, right? Saying he wasn't treated fair as a, a guy that couldn't speak English or whatever it may be, and he had it coming up pretty rough. But I'm grateful, okay? So... So it's funny because when we're downrange, <coughs> with my buddies in special operations, our skin color is everything that you can think of, right? But we all believe the same color, and this is one of the problems with everybody else. They haven't been downrange, they um, so they don't understand that. So my, as I was getting my American, Black American friends go, I'm an American. There are no Asian Americans. There are no Chinese Americans. Um, there are no Lebanese Americans. We're just Americans, and to think otherwise just divides you. Okay, so it's kind of like isn't me saying, that what they want though? <laughs> of they, course, they that's want, what they that's, want. That's,
0: that's what all this is about. <laughs> that's is, what is this all is about destroying
1: the division. Yeah. yeah, you know, same thing with diversity. You know, look, diversity. That's okay, fun. we want that's to be a diverse, funny thing. and we want to be inclusive. Okay, so I'm going to be diverse, and I'm going to put some wolves in the same pen with some sheep.
0: Great idea. Very
1: diverse. Yeah. Okay. It's very inclusive, but it's a nightmare and people are going to die, right? So, no, I don't believe that everything should be all inclusive. And I believe that conservatives have a right to be conservative as much as liberals have a right to be liberal if they want to be. But there's some really wacky things that are upside down right now. So, But back to to what we were talking about is that um, it would be like it'd be like you and me you're you know you're on the 49ers right and i'm a i'm a Dallas Cowboy and i run out on the field to join your team and go i'm a Dallas Cowboy 49er yeah you're going to go what team do you play for <laughs> so anytime i hear as a, as an american particularly as a veteran i hear people go i would not uh, even know what team you play for anymore because the yeah, fucking browns exactly. and uh, yeah, the names exactly. are all different now you can't say exactly. Redskins and how then how then you're you in take yeah, exactly you can't say that anymore so i <laughs> I, I sorry yeah. That's you know, it's crazy, you know. So I don't anyway. think the Indians wanted that
0: gone.
1: I'm sure they wanted
0: it there. It, I, it was part they, of
1: them. It's part of their heritage. It reminds us I'd be pissed as Indians, you know. So yeah. but it's that so it's so funny.
0: Football shit sorry.
1: But uh, yeah, so I, I I listen to all this stuff and you're right. I think it most people that don't have an education or don't understand the history of what Rick and I you know Rick Prado that you had on your show, great um, guy, great, amazing guy, love him to death, the real deal, real deal. Holds nobody him. can hold water with him. I'm telling you, it's great. I trust him with my life. I served with him. He's an amazing guy, um, an amazing CIA operator. But um, and he would agree with me because we've had these discussions on certain many levels. But um, I think that anybody we spent years trying to prevent socialism and communism from overtaking the world, but even coming here to America. And interesting enough, it's in our backyard right now. So we can smell it. But for all the kids in the generations, those who are on their phone, whatever, that don't know anything about the Cold War or Cold Warriors. They don't even know what the Cold War is. They don't even know what it is, right? So when people start shouting, we need socialism, we need the government to take care of us, they have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Look! Look at this. Here's a fine example. If they would just lean to common sense, if socialism was so good, then why are people trying? Why aren't they trying to get across the Venezuelan border? I was going to yeah. say,
0: why? Why is everybody trying to run here? Why if, here? If socialism no. and communism is so good, exactly. Why? Why do you got piles of people coming over here by the day? Exactly. Exactly. Walking, however many miles. There must, even be. though the cartel put stands out there for them and vending, you know, all that right. shit. I saw all that. My buddy. He just went to uh, Arizona to do a cleanup. John Wark. Mm-hmm. He was at, well, where did he go? He went to, he Texas. did Texas and he also did Baltimore. Boy, he, was, he just got back this time. He just got back two days ago. Wow. He said, You wouldn't fucking believe what's going on out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're coming in <sighs> They They got stands, like literally, like on yeah. their walk. Yeah. They got stands. Yeah. And I didn't know that they were coming from
1: Chile to Miami. They're coming from all over the world. Yeah, it's not, it's you know, global. most people that hear the issue about the border, they just think it's Mexico. No. It's not. No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And in addition to this, Laura Logan was down there. Do you know who Laura Logan is? No. She, amazing. World-famous journalist, Laura. Um, you've, yeah. You would. You would know. But anyway. If I saw a picture. Sure. She was down there, and they're giving out Social Security cards to illegal aliens right now. Border Patrol was doing it. And she got it all filmed. She got all the evidence and stuff. What, the cell phones weren't enough? Cell phones. Or... <laughs> yeah. So... Why don't you just give them a social security number, ID, cell phone, and a house? Yeah. So what's happening with this administration right now is they are doing, and I think they're it's partly, to answer your question you asked in the very beginning about the border, I think that the more people they can get over that have to rely on the government, more votes. the more socialism, You have to put in the country to take care of those people because nobody else is going to. I always think for all those Democrats and whoever they are that believe illegal aliens that we should have open borders, try this out one day. Go to them. Go to one family and it's a Democratic family and say, "Okay, here's the deal. You're going to be responsible for the care of three illegal aliens you have to feed them, you have to take care of them, you have to pay for their education, you have to let them live in your house, and blah, blah, blah. You have to buy them cars and cell phones and computers. Then how many do you think would say... And if you don't, you go to jail. Exactly. If you don't, you go to jail. How many of them would step up to the plate? I bet that whole mood would change, huh? Yeah. If I were a senator... And I rec- I, that's the law i'd be trying to pass right uh, there yeah fine fine you want you do you think open borders here's the deal we're going to sign a family of eight to you every one of you democrats yep here you go and just ask them and but we don't see that, that again it's hypocrisy you don't see any of the democratic senators about you operating. could probably do that three times
0: yeah and put it on tv just three times yeah. i bet you that would change change the whole game
1: we should probably do that <laughs> we, should, do we do it. should think about that we you should know? <laughs> But, you know, it's kind of like when Obama was talking about when it's really funny. I remember and Rick Rick knows this, too. It's funny when he was talking about how he was so against us interrogating terrorists, particularly waterboarding them. Right. I wanted so bad to stand before Obama and say, let me ask you a question, Mr. President, your wife and your two daughters have been captured by ISIS. And in 24 hours, they're going to cut their heads off and but we have one of the ISIS leaders right here, and he knows where your, your wife and your kids are. Yeah. What would you be willing to do to get that information out of him right now in the next 24 hours? We both know what he would say. Do well,
0: whatever you have to do, but for him, but not for
1: anybody else, no. Right? no but for not him, for it's okay. Well, it's the same thing when you know presidents go, like Biden right now, we gotta get rid of guns. Well, okay, sir, you got your, all your secret service, take all their weapons and throw them in the garbage can and protect you with toothpicks <laughs> and then we will be willing to think about that you know it's like it's like liberals it, it's so hypocritical oh my gosh Globalists, liberals democrats they all we know what they want to do with conservatives and patriots they want to get rid of us but do they really think we're going to comply we've never seriously
0: ne- we've never complied is no, this been a battle absolutely since the beginning not. of time
1: cuz we know what that's all about look <laughs> every nation that Rick and I ever went into and the U.N. wanted people to get rid of their guns, it wasn't because they were concerned about crimes. It was so they couldn't rise up yeah, against cool. the government yep. that we were trying to put in place every single time.
2: Government and that's what control. this is about right here. It's the same identical thing. Is it the government then? If you take away all the guns, the government's got full control. totally. Absolutely. Total. absolutely do you think some of this stuff uh you know i've heard people talk about it Um, i'm not well versed with it but the name that always gets brought up when talking about some of this stuff is george soros yeah Ah. i think he has a lot to do with i think he does too he has a lot he
1: hates the country um i think after i mean trump actually spoke at the world economic forum i think the un made it very clear one of the representatives there said Trump is a very dangerous man because he's not falling in line with the globalists, which by the way, globalism is just another name for socialism and communism. And George Soros even made a point, and I've seen it on footage where he said, Mr. Trump is a very dangerous man and he needs to be gotten rid of and he will not win in this next election, which led us to believe, and that wasn't even before the election happened, right? We knew, we knew that they were gonna steal the election. Because Zoros was involved. Now, what's so funny about this <coughs> is the day it was happening, and this is another thing you should talk to Rick about as well. I had a buddy of mine who retired from the agency. He called me up. We'll call him Dan. And Dan said, Dominion is using the same system we used in South America. He goes, the election is going to be stolen. He knew that ahead of time. And sure enough, did you see our uh, two thousand mules? No, I haven't Set. seen it, but uh,
0: I'll send it to you. Okay, so I have the thing. When you see that, wow! did, yeah. did you ever watch that? Right? No. So they have hours and and you couldn't you can't make this up. Yeah, you can make up a little bit, but not this much. Yeah, you got guys going to the Walmart, you know Dropbox, and they're coming with seven envelopes a day, seven yeah. a day, and then every three hours they come back, they come back, they come back all over the place, especially Pennsylvania, especially Pennsylvania. Yeah, and nobody does anything. Yeah. Well think about that. And they actually kicked it off Netflix, kicked it off Amazon. Of course they did, because guess what? They're on somebody's payroll. Of course. And they're on
1: the payroll and those companies liberal CEOs are already being influenced by other people, like the administration, whatever it may be. (laughs) So think about this. And when you live in a country where you have to fact check a tweet, but then you don't have to validate a ballot, something's wrong. And that's where we are. And and we're at this place where there's no accountability. And what's happening, particularly after this raid with Trump on Mar-a-Lago, right? Right down the road here? Um, Things have pushed closer to the line. I get paid as a consultant to do um, things called um, predictability outcomes and threat assessments. And what we do is a contextual analysis based on a lot of factors, and um, about ninety percent of it on experience, right? And so, when yeah, people—I had
0: I saw that you had done that. So, so how yeah. do you how do you go about predicting outcomes? Because you were an expert with that, right? Well, I don't know if I'm an expert. Well, they put, put down, a lot of people. They put you down as an expert. Yeah, so you were an expert at predicting the outcomes of like like terrorism nationally and everything else, right? How do you go about predicting that? Like, what do you look for?
1: Well, there's a lot of behind-the-veil work that goes into it. Um, There's a lot of intel that's gathered. And um, there's experience that's added to it. Um, And there's a lot of what we call um, proprietary methodology um, that goes into all of that. For example, sources and methods that we don't disclose that allow us to really understand what someone is really saying in fact this time you always remember this especially with the media media and especially with this administration it's never about what they're saying it's what they're not saying that counts so anytime i hear a democrat or a liberal um they're not even democrats anymore this is not the democrat of my father's days these are socialist communist democrats Okay, when I was growing up as an Italian, my whole family was Democrat. (laughs) My dad was too. It's also I mean hardcore. I know, but it was it was (laughs) was a different. I know it's a different different thing. So, and I would say the same thing about Republicans. If all of a sudden they were going left, I'd say not the same Republicans. You know, and it's true. There are some Republicans that I still question. You know, are you really for the country? You know, so I lean right in there with conservatives and mostly patriots. And people ask me on my political views. I said, "Look, I'm I'm neither. I, I'm I'm not a two-party guy. I just want the right leader in there, mm-hmm. which is why I liked Trump. You but know, that's what we say. We say we're not. I don't. No, I. Nobody cares if you're red, blue, yeah. green,
0: purple. Just the best. The best. For the, the best country. for the country. You know. So support the Constitution. And, and you didn't and, have this shit going on when Trump was in. No, we did. Russia would not have even thought twice because yeah. they had fear.
1: That's the, exactly right.
0: Machiavelli. Exactly. Nicole Totally Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Two. Yeah. Out of 250 videos, what do we have? Three people that knew who Nicolias Valley was? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, well, you know, and a lot of people, it's interesting. People, and I know some very close friends of Trump's, and they might not have liked his delivery. I didn't vote for the guy for his delivery. I didn't vote for him because I liked his hair or didn't like his hair, <laughs> you know, or his, the orange man. I, that's not why I voted. I voted for a leader. And one thing about it, you may not like his personality, but it is hard to argue with what he did for the country as the president of the United States. Especially with all the fighting and, oh my and attacking gosh, yeah. him and everything else.
0: I mean, say what you want about him tweeting or, or whatever. The What I liked about his tweeting and what I liked that he kept doing it, even though they told him not to, yeah. he stayed him. He, did. he didn't let the lobbyists get to him. He didn't let the other people get to him. Get off there, Donald. Get off. Yes. Nope. da 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 Nope. Yep. I'm going to do whatever I want and
1: be me because you didn't pay me off. You didn't pay me exactly. off. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, he wasn't part of the club. Right. He, yeah, he wasn't part of and the And he cult. came in Oops. to drain the swamp. And I still think that hopefully the swamp still needs draining, I think. You know? <laughs> He's a hell of a lot of <laughs> <laughs> He exposed a lot and it made them very uncomfortable. And now people know. But because there's so much corruption, they don't care if anybody knows they do it right in front of your face which is pushing the american people and it's interesting not only the american people but i've got friends who were democrats that don't want to be democrats anymore they don't want to be republicans you know what they want to be they want to be patriots these are people that were democrats who go look i love the constitution i love my freedom i hate socialism i went overseas to stop this So I'm not going to be a Democrat or Republican. I'm going to be a patriot is what I want to be and love the country. So this is a really interesting dynamic that's surfacing in America today. But
0: you know what's funny, Buzz? Yeah. Real quick, now to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Before I change the comments where you have
0: to go to my website to leave a comment, Mm -hmm. I would get uh, comments that people would say, I never thought I'd say this, but I wish I would have changed my vote. Yeah. Like multiple, multiple times. And people that I knew that were bluer than blue, which I don't care because yeah. I like them as long as we're not talking. The politics, politics things get, yeah. You know, I mean, bluer than blue. Like, bluer than a, uh, give me a blue uh, the sky. Uh, cartoon. The sky. The yeah. sky. I was trying to think of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Anyway, blue. And these and they're they've had it. Yeah. But they keep it quiet, yeah. though.
1: Oh, of course. Well, here's the interesting thing. I'd like to encourage Americans that don't like what's going on right now to speak up conservatives and patriots generally are a pretty nice look. You don't see a bunch of conservatives or patriots burning down buildings, turning over cars, rioting in the streets with Antifa and BLM. You don't see that. It's generally liberals and Democrats, you know. And I'm convinced <coughs> that you're exactly right, Tommy. It's, it's an orchestrated plan to destroy America and or, for example, what's going on now, I think that the Democratic Party, who's run by the globalists, which is what you were talking about, George Soros and a lot of other people, I think they're scared and they're going to do everything they can to interrupt or disrupt the country so that if a Republican or conservative president gets in office, he's going to have his hands full. And whoever that's going to be, they are going to have their hands full, (coughs) unless they are a Donald Trump type of guy, like DeSantis or somebody, that basically says to ICE, go round everybody up and put them back in their own country. Or this is what we're going to do, and I don't care what you're doing. we're going to preserve the Constitution. Because what's happening, and based on predictability studies, people have asked me this because of rumors floating around about civil war. Um, war in our country is not something I want. Uh, I think the last time we saw it was the Civil War. Uh, and it was bloody, and things were destroyed, and and I think again Rick would agree with me. We've seen a lot of it. Um, it just destroys a lot, it destroys people's lives, it destroys everything. But the Constitution is worth fighting for, and as our you know our founding fathers established. And a lot of times we go back to that. And even in the face of Democrats and liberals calling conservatives and patriots terrorists even the FBI calling them terrorists, like you can't fly the Betsy Ross flag anymore Mm. or you're a domestic terrorist. Um, Even in the face of all of that, if we go back to our founding fathers, they were called terrorists too by the British because they wanted wanted their freedom. And not all 13 colonies were on board at that time. There were a lot of Tories and there were other people that were a bunch of, spies for the British and whatever it may be. (coughs) But here's the interesting thing, and they can dismiss this and make the younger generations think that conservatives or patriots or whatever are terrorists. And the kids won't know any better because why? They don't know history. They don't understand what it's like to have socialist input, tell them when and what they will learn and how much money they can make. And, you know, it's like that thing when somebody says, we should share all our money. It's like, I went up to a kid one time. I said, do you have $100? She was a coffee shop. And she said, yeah, because we were having this discussion. I said, so what is it? And she had it in 20s. I said, well, I'm going to give it back to you, but give me them. So she gave me $100. And I said, now I'm going to take this 20 and give it to that lady over there. And I'm going to keep 20. I'm going to give it. And she was like, that's my money. That's my money. I said. That she worked for. That she worked for, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, but wait a minute. You said we should have equal distribution. I mean, you don't like this idea anymore. And she goes, no, that's my money. I worked for it. I said, right. You worked in a capitalist system that allows you to make that money and keep that money, okay? But if you want a socialist system and I'm a ruler over you, that's what I'm going to do because I'm the government.
0: And referring back to your point, that's why... The history its so important because people don't, they don't know what socialism is. They don't know what communism is. All yeah. they see is, oh, here's a free check. That's right. Here's this. Here's uh, free rent it's for like, three months.
2: It's like the, its like the you know, the student loan uh, discussion. It's like if I borrow $1,000 from you, hey, can I borrow $1,000? Sure. You know, you're going to pay me back, right? You don't have to pay interest, but you'll pay me back. Okay, great. Then I'm just like, you know what? Sorry, buddy. Uh, I can't pay you back. Like, you're going to be pissed. Right. Right. You have your student loan. You take it out for a reason. Okay. To better yourself or to whatever it is. <clears throat> if you know your job that you're going for is only going to pay so much a year, then you have to figure it's going to take me X amount of years to pay this loan off. But now you're just like, oh, I, I don't really want to pay it off. I just I just want you to give it to me for free. Right. It doesn't work that way. No. But, that, but then the
0: government comes <laughs> in and says, hey,
1: yeah. let, let's take out another $10 trillion and we'll, let's pay it. Well, pay it. Well, hey, well, how about that? Is there any country in the world that you know of that taxes its people and gives some of that money to Americans? No. Why do we do it? <laughs> why, no. Why, why do we let our government tax us and then they give that money to everybody else? I don't know the answer to that. And it's almost like the harder you work.
0: The more you, more pay. you pay, so exactly. really, like there's like you know in the brackets, it's almost you got to watch that bracket and stop working at this point, or exactly. or just take cash only. Only, just You're kidding.
1: Right. So all <laughs> of the, oh. kidding joke, joke, yeah, joke. That was a joke. <laughs> well, all of this stuff is culminating into that rumor that we're on the verge of civil war i see it on the news i mean tucker carlson talked about it a little bit i think others haven't you already. know
2: you know i'll tell a quick little story here. yeah yeah my, go ahead my dad is 82 years old he his, was, da- his dad's he the was man. A, he's like us he was uh, he was mm. you know he's it was an older was dad old. uh, older dad right i was a younger dad but um from the time i was going to college my dad used to always sit there and go bob calls me bob bob there's going to be another civil war in this country, I'm telling you. I said, Dad, would you stop? You're crazy. He's like, I'm telling you. And this is going back 2003. That's how long ago. Yeah. Dad's still alive. He's been saying it since then. There's going to be another civil war in this country, I'm telling you. I'm like, Dad, you're crazy. There's no chance ever. And now the, the, the how you see the division, how you see what's going on, not saying it's going to happen but it's the closest in his prediction it's ever been since 2003. Hey,
1: my grandmother back in 1968 was saying the same thing as your dad. They might have been friends. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, she was saying the same thing and she was and she didn't say it was going to be a war against race. It wasn't going to be a race war. She was literally talking about a political civil war. And so when we look at what we're doing if I did predictability studies or predictability outcomes, which I actually have uh, because somebody asked me to do it uh, based on the rumors in the U.S. This is what I would tell people from my best experience. I don't think we'll have a civil war like the North against the South. I don't think it'll be a uniformed war. What I think will happen, or what I should say is likely to happen, is that the conservatives are patriots, Republicans, who are they are, people that love the Constitution and want to preserve the country, are quite skilled. They're, in fact, they're skilled enough now, particularly with all our Tier 1 operators that have come back from Afghanistan, Iraq, and who, quite honestly, are very patriotic, a lot of those. <coughs> they already know from January the 6th that if they group up for a rally, that they're going to be targeted illegally. Just what's happened. How many people do we have in jail illegally i think illegally in jail for just being there right yeah and uh, we, we've had a couple of men they tried to have any men sir Tigg. do you Was know it? you know tig uh i know uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he lives down the street well not the street he lives in colorado oh i'm, oh,
0: I'm
1: john I, yeah. yeah
0: i talked to john oh yeah you know i forgot we talked about him and his moose is out back did you see yeah, those yeah. things yeah
1: yeah i talk. Yeah, we talk every couple of days yeah he and i were at a couple of rallies together with my wife tina and i and uh, and when uh Well, two actually, uh, when we got attacked by BLM and Antifa (coughs) for a back to blue rally. And then another one after that that John put together, where actually um, a participant got killed. Just like John and I just finished talking, he walked away and I was, I don't know, 50 yards behind him and we heard a shot fired. I turned around and there's this guy that, you know, killed this um one of one of the you know the people that were at the rally so to speak
0: well i won that by bidding at the uh i can never say that thing he had uh uf i always oh his his organization yeah I a defense force or yeah, yeah i kept bidding 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 yeah. everybody got pissed and i don't know i won yeah. shit you know. there you go good but they tried to get <coughs> him on january 6th yeah. they tried to get him for january 6th what he said for what about a month ago and he's like <laughs> buddy I got right. hip surgery.
2: It, yeah, well, I know that
0: no, he was at home.
1: He was, he of was, course, because I was there. Yeah, he got we hip. Talking surgery. to him on the phone before he was going in the surgery. Yeah. It was like,
0: yeah, so yeah, because I, I even said to him, I said, "You're getting two done at the same time." Yeah, yeah, he's you know, <coughs> he's like you guys. He's, he's yeah, he's a monster.
1: Well, but the, did the he say is, who came after him? Was it the bureau? Uh,
0: he the didn't FBI? say. He just said that they they came knocking on his door about yeah. January sixth.
1: Well, it's funny because I've got a lot of friends that are in the FBI. Some, many are that are leaving actually, that have called me and they're saying, this is not the organization that I signed up for. And I'm an adjunct professor that I've taught there. And and those associates of mine in discussions are saying the same thing. It's like, and I, I'll say the same thing openly about the CIA. You know, when Obama came in, he put people in four layers deep, we know that. And even my friends that are still at the agency are like, even our agency is upside down. and and
0: Rick was saying Rick was so pissed because you know there was you know a handful of of dirty CIA guys yeah and and nobody came out and really stuck up for them or or fought for the organization that's say 10 out of however many CIA guys yeah but but when you don't come out and stick up for you guys Mm -hmm. and say hey look that's 4 out of a million then it just gives a bad rap just like it does does with the FBI and everything else yeah so when we go back to predictability, you know, and, and all that. So you see what's going on right now. Yeah. They raid Trump. But you know that warrant was bullshit.
1: Yeah, I've heard, yeah.
0: Well, yeah.
1: I mean, <clears throat> they're not doing a very good job of explaining themselves. No, I mean, kind of like the Russian hoax. I mean, how you know? stupid
0: can you be? Like, you can't <laughs> so write a search warrant stupid. correctly. Like, a search warrant, you have to say,
1: I'm going to go in this studio, I'm going right. to go in that room. Well, they, here's what will happen, Tommy, is they don't have to. You know why? Because they're not going to be held accountable. Do you think he um, gets indicted? Who? Trump. Did I think he did what?
0: No. I mean, do you think they'll indict him? Like on
1: this raid? Like, do you think Good he'll question. end up in court? I, I think if they've got enough people paid off, they'll do the same thing. I, think, I, think, I don't think they're very creative, whoever they are. They do the same dance all the time. We saw it with the Russia hoax. We've seen it with everything they've tried to go against. Trump. They, they want to shut Trump down because Americans love Trump. They love his leadership, and he loves the country. And so they're afraid of him so much to the point that they'll do anything. They'll do anything. They will try to assassinate him. You know, they'll try to do anything. They'll try to take out his family to send a message. They'll do all of that. But here's where they're making their mistake is while they're focused on Trump and a couple other people, they cannot focus on the literally millions of American patriots that are ready to fight and are well armed and absolutely will not be defeated because what will happen is it'll be surgical. They won't do a January 6 rally. What will happen is certain people in the United States who are very qualified will start targeting corrupt individuals. And you'll see, and I predict this, it's not that I I advocate violence. I want to be very clear and I don't want to see civil war here. But if, if I were to be sitting in the office back at the agency saying what do you predict can happen, then this is what I predict can happen. And that Democrats, liberals, corrupt people that are seen as corrupt, or people that are seen as trying to push socialism or destroy the Constitution, will be the people that get targeted. And I mean targeted like their lives will be targeted. Um, and the FBI won't be able to keep up with it. There's too many. And, you can, and the military will be divided over whatever this is. But that's the type of civil war that will evolve. It's the same thing that will evolve, that I've seen evolve in third world nations when the masses who were trying to protect what they loved would not rally. They didn't have to. They went underground, they became the underground, and and they just started targeting along the way. And it's virtually impossible to stop that in this country. I don't care (coughs) how much technology you have. I don't care how big you posture yourself. We're this three-letter agency, or we're that three-letter agency. I know because I have the discussions they are shaking in their boots because they know they can't control it. When you start having things, the nation fall apart, you start having things like assassinations and car bombs, and all of this stuff starts taking place that local, state, and federal police are not prepared for. And then all of a sudden the people that are doing it will be called terrorists or whatever it may be. And in fact, all they're trying to do is what our our standing, you know, our founding fathers did to fight a war against tyranny. And I don't think at this stage, when, when we do the contextual analysis, I think what we see is that a majority of Americans, many Democrats, realize that this government is a tyrannical government, or that's how they perceive it to be. They are tired of being lied to. They are tired of unaccountability. They are tired of a broken judicial system. Um, and it's not the, it's not the stupid Antifa or BLM or
0: no, it's way, those, way, way above that. It's Th- way above that, that's that. little Those guys that's were paid to stuff. do that. You yeah. know,
1: when all that was happening, we had friends that went undercover and they were all being paid. I mean, just simple, ask yourselves, like, do these guys have work? How do they get out here mm-hmm. for four weeks and rally and burn things down? And just <laughs> the way they quit their job, who, who, how are they making money? People, they were being paid. We did it in the CIA when, <laughs> total fuck. What, what the fuck <laughs> when we up? wanted to like, and we were messing with governments, oh, um, and, and and we we're wanted going to our to, own people. Yeah, it's not yeah. Like,
0: like CIA goes over to. Right. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. You go over to say Nigeria, right? And you mess with them. Not you're not here messing with us with your own people,
1: right? Well, I don't know if we went to Nigeria again. I'm just to saying, your brain. I just get I just
0: remember saying Nigeria, so that just popped. up. Yeah, out. a foreign country. Yeah, we'll foreign just country. Yeah, yeah,
1: but let's say we had a foreign country that. <laughs> In the old days, that was a socialist country. And their leaders begged us to help them with democracy. You know, and there, were, and there was all kinds of things that were done in order to cause the, the rise and fall of a government. And part of that was paying people to do things, you know, yeah. cause disruptions, whatever it may be. So it doesn't surprise us when, when you know, we see this happening in our own country for we that came out of the agency, it's like, oh, this is a playbook. I mean, we know what's going to happen next, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, it happens every single time. Here's the problem. You can show the evidence that George Soros is doing it. You can have the evidence that they get paid. Just follow the money. You talk about the FBI doing their job or the CIA doing their job. They can follow the money. <coughs> they have relationships with, with banks. They can ask for a warrant. They can see anything. Follow the money. And here's what generally happens. They follow the money. And I know this would be the case in a real case. And they see who it's linked to, and it's somebody that's political, perhaps, perhaps. or global, perhaps, perhaps, <laughs> and they're told hands off. Now that person could be indicted right then today. They could be thrown in prison for treason, for instigating problems, whatever it may be. And yet they don't. So much to your question is like, why hasn't George Soros been locked up? Why hasn't Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton been locked up. Why well, haven't a lot of people that got caught with their hands in the cookie jar been locked up? Because everybody's on their payroll. A great movie. Do you remember the movie, The Untouchables? Yeah. With Kevin Costner? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're as old as me, there was one before that, okay? But actually, it was a TV show. Really? <coughs> yeah, But Elliot Ness. Were you in it? Cause you no, in about that was 7,000 uh, uh, shows we, we get back. to that. <laughs> but what was the main problem that he was up against when he went there? Do you remember it's been a while, been corruption, a while for me to... corruption <laughs> yeah. al capone had everybody on the payroll right yeah he wasn't un- he, was, he, he was he was untouchable could. i mean like and you know no one could no one could do anything, doing anything. H- that's where we are right now at the fourteen thousand foot level the, the,
2: it's that much corruption the question i always have this is the hardest part right yeah and i really mean this, this is very hard so you have your social media you have youtube you have all this stuff that you're Taking all this information in, right? Information come from here, hitting you here, hitting you here, hitting you here, hitting you here. How does one say and I understand stuff's blocked and we can follow that and figure out, well, why are they blocking this information? There's a right. no reason why they're doing it. But how does one figure out like my God? Sometimes it hits you this way and this way, and like, I don't know if this guy's making this up or this guy's making this up. Like sometimes you get two differing opinions, two different things, you're like, Well, that could be bullshit, but that could be bullshit. Mm-hmm. How does one figure out what is bullshit and what is not bullshit? Is that a good question? That's a great it? question. How? How do we do that? Yeah, you it's have hard.
1: to You have to do your research. If you're willing to do the research, at least 15 layers down, okay? Yeah. Or you have the people that can do it. And there are people that can do that. There are guys out there, and that's all they do is they just, like, research this stuff to make sure yeah. that you've got ground truth, right? If you'll do that, and it's it's... It's labor-intensive, but if you'll do that, you'll find the truth. Now, the question is, how bad do you want to know the truth? The reality is this, is that many people don't care. Sure. They just care. If I feel this way about that or I think this way, so they gain an opinion based on what they want to believe, and they don't like the stuff on Trump, you know, a lot of that stuff. You know, How many times did it get proven that the media was wrong? wrong. I mean, they spent, what, three? And out of all people...
0: I've had friends that Mueller set up like you wouldn't even believe. Yeah. Friends of mine, Mueller set them up, had paid uh, people to testify against them. Three of my friends got 20 years because of that asshole. Yeah. On a case when they should have got two. We're we're, we're talking about petty stuff. Right. But Mueller, for whatever reason, when he was U.S. attorney, he wanted these guys and and he made sure it happened. That's right. So if Mueller is investigating Trump for three years Mm -hmm. and he'll go and pay anybody to get anybody. Right, and they can't get Trump if Mueller can't get him on that Russia thing. He must be clean.
1: He must be clean. Uh, yeah. So now you go raid him, right? A president, and you get a judge to sign off, and on you it. get a judge to sign who it off. did what with I, Epstein? What? Oh, was on the thing with with Epstein exactly. Right? So, so, who now, got who supported Obama's campaign? Fuck every lobbyist in the planet. Well, there you every go. Bank. This is the guy. That's, so you look at all the players, right? And you go, you take a look at all the players and go, wait a minute. Let's just take a look. Are they credible? Are they honest? Are they upstanding? Have they had their hands dirty? What do they think about the Constitution? Where are their thoughts? Where's their moral line? Whatever that, and you add all that up. I don't think they have a moral line.
2: Well, I guess, <coughs> I'll give you an example because I've recently. Uh, so, like, you know, you have the Epstein. We're talking about Epstein. You had the flight logs, right? They have the flight right. logs. And, you On know, the Lolita? Yeah, and they, you know. Clinton's name was on that log, right? Now, something I just saw that came out—I think Joe Rogan. Uh, don't quote me on this. Someone shared it, but that um, Trump was on one of those flights, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I, I saw it. Right, I
0: saw that on TMZ. But if he really was, right? If he was on one of those flights, yeah, th- that would have came out the day that they had. Yeah, that yeah. No, it makes right? it
2: makes weird how it's coming out now. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's where you kind of look through the fluff. But I just wonder, like. Like, when you see that, that puts the doubt in people's mind. Then, like, maybe he was on there. Yeah, maybe that's right. He, you, know, you throw that's, that. In that's the, the hard media. part. I'm saying when you're seeing it. That's a good out.
0: point, Rob. Because if you see that, you you read it and you say, "Oh, wow, he was on. He was, just, on, he was like going the on it. You know, it's all bullshit." Okay. But all right. he's just like them,
1: right? Then, well, it, right. and then another thing, with all fairness to, and this is hard for me to say, all yeah. fairness to even Clinton, yeah, and those guys. Okay, until you have evidence that they actually. Participated in the trafficking of children. Sure, you can't. You, you got to be careful. Just because they flew down there doesn't necessarily mean they engaged in it. Right. Now, if you have somebody that can testify and say, like they did with the royal family, right? If you have somebody that says, yeah, I, I was 14 and Bill Clinton did this to me in this island, then you got a case here. They. And the interesting thing about it though, is that. <clears throat> Those witnesses will generally don't come forward. Now, this takes us back to trafficking. We deal with trafficking victims all the time. They don't want to come forward and testify because they think they'll be suicided by the gang, MS-13, the ones that we know that have had senators or political figures as as clients. They go, you can't protect me. And here's why. They'll go in, (coughs) and if you get a brave one that will testify in court, it's only a week later before they get assassinated or killed.
3: Mm-hmm. We
1: dealt with that personally, where and the police don't offer them witness protection, so we generally have to offer them some type of. How witness does? Protection.
0: It, how do they not offer? I guess how isn't even the question. I can't believe they don't offer witness protection. Yeah, like, like real witness yeah. protection.
1: They don't. No, they for, don't. <laughs> the NGOs we do, but oh, uh, what? No, go ahead. What's that?
2: The witness protection is too expensive, so that's yeah. why the feds don't offer Is that what it is?
1: Yeah. So, But we can run it at, you know, a third of the price or whatever that may be. And so anyway, that's exactly one of the reasons why. But the reality of it is, is the word spreads in the ranks among traffic victims. If they rat mm-hmm. on their client, they're going to die. They're dead. And they're probably going to die anyway of an overdose or something like that. But they don't want to die young. And so what you do... <clears throat> you do the same thing the WHO and the CDC did with this whole pandemic thing. You put people in fear, and they don't move. Mm-hmm. And the same thing if you can if you can put the fear, of God, in a witness that if you rat me out, I mean, I'm I'm wondering why Monica Lewinsky didn't end up dead.
0: Me too. You know, after she, now that like, I think about it. Me too. You know, I
1: was like, how you know, maybe. She played her cards right, and she said, I've got so much exposure now (laughs) that if I die, everybody's going to know that somebody did it. Yeah, she was too. But the reality of it is is that she could have died. They could have offed her, and they've still gotten away with it. So the question for all of us, and I think in our audience, is simply this, is like, how do we right the ship? How do we bring accountability back? I think we do it with a guy like Trump, who puts Barr back in the DOJ and Katie Sullivan and all these other great people. I think that's how we do it. What's your prediction with him? What's
0: your prediction with him with uh, the the raid? Do you think he runs in 24? What What's your prediction? The way you see things now from yeah. with your past, what do you see
1: him doing? I think it's a timing thing, Tommy. And I don't think he wants to show his, ja- his cards yet? <clears throat> um, I think he's smart enough to keep the smokescreen going because he knows right now what we're seeing is they're trying to keep him so busy that he doesn't run. Um, but I think... I guess they forgot that he's a billionaire I think and has a they, lot think. of
0: lawyers and doesn't give a fuck.
1: I think they did. I think and they did. And the lawyers... I
0: mean, you can be a paid-off judge all you want. <clears throat> when you have a search warrant that is completely illegal and right. wrong, I mean, he's going to beat it. He's going to beat They might hit him with another one.
1: Oh, I'm sure they're going, yeah, they're because, going to. Yeah, because they screwed up this one. Right. They're going to keep throwing everything they can to keep him from running, and here's why. If he runs, he'll win. Because all he's got to do is step on the podium and go, you miss me yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know that famous. Unless thing. they throw a uh, smallpox, or <laughs> they'll do every, We're going to see everything before. As it gets closer, we'll probably see. I don't think we're, we're going to see the riots again for BLM and Antifa. I don't think that's what we're a gonna pandemic because that something. was all Democratic yeah. stuff to keep and to make Trump look bad, right? But he played it smart. What did he do? He did the American thing. He goes, "This is up to the governors. This is their state." And the Democratic governors, they're the ones suffering right now. And the stupid people in their states, mm-hmm. let them do it. And now, guess what? Their taxes are higher. Why? Because they got to build up their burnt-down cities again. You know? <laughs> and the Republican governors like, we're not going to have this. You're not going to burn our buildings down. So what did they do? They called in the National Guard. They called in the police. And they didn't defund their police, right? <laughs> and they didn't get any buildings burned down, so now they don't have to raise the taxes. But all the liberals and all those other places... They're paying for it now. So it's like, you really like this? You've been on all this media. How much do you think they
0: miss those ratings? They can hate them all at once. Those ratings, everybody went home. If you knew Trump was coming on at 6, whether you liked him or hated him, yeah. you wanted him to go, there, you, you, you. Yeah. He didn't give a shit. I mean, no. everybody really. It was all oh, Trump's on, even if he hated him. I had people at my house that hated him. Yeah. And when he would come on, everybody would sit down and watch and laugh. <laughs> Crazy.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of those people now are looking back and- In fact, I know the ones I've talked to who are Democrats are going, you know, if I should have voted for Trump, I wish I wish he were back. The nation, you know, it's it's out of control. The gas prices are out of control. I mean, it's not just the gas prices, it's gas, food, it's the whole thing that's breaking us. I mean, when we my wife and I, when Tina and I were just having lunch uh, just across the bridge. Right. Uh, it, It looked like all the businesses were having a hard time. You know, because of the economy, it's uncalled for. I mean, how did we go from a bag of potato chips being mm-hmm. two dollars to nine dollars? Yeah. How did you go from a chicken breast going from three ninety-five to twelve eighty-five?
2: I used to buy eggs for ninety-nine cents. You know. How yeah. What are you buying for now? Three ninety-nine. Damn. Wow. Three ninety-nine. I used, crazy. For eggs? I, I couldn't fucking believe it. I, yeah. And I, I love eggs. I couldn't fucking believe it. I, yeah. I go. I, it's been gradually going up, but the last time I was there three, like three, maybe it was three eighty something, but still from 99 cents. <laughs> and then, and then say you yeah. get home late, right. And you yeah. want to
0: order Uber Eats. Oh, forget it, it used to just be like five bucks, yeah. you know, for now it's $10 Yeah, because of the gas. Yeah. But you know, the guy's got to drive to go get the food. That's right. Then he's got to drive to deliver it to you and then drive back to the next restaurant. So right. there's no choice but to up it. So now Uber Eats is another $10 on top of the up. But again, the price when, of the food yeah, people, it's just
2: everything when people can't afford it then they can give it to them and that gets right. to that socialist push that well you need us because we're going to give you money to get that's right you're exactly right food, so yeah here's a card
1: here's a yeah, card here's a whatever yeah. thing yeah. government's going to subsidize how well you know I mean yeah and going back to the pandemic thing yes I believe we're going well they already tried it remember like, CDC came out with like we got Omicron. It's deadlier than deadly. Oh, we got, and we're going to have another something. Now, Fauci, as I saw, is uh, retiring in December, right? Good. What's interesting in this was we have Dr. Martin and some close friends of ours um, that have a lawsuit against Fauci and Biden. And I'm talking about for criminal, good criminal charges. And that lawsuit went up last week, and it is deadly for them. And so they're feeling- don't they everybody paid off that they'll just get it to us? Not this group. I think we're going to be effective. Really? I think they're going to be very effective with it, you know? Um, well, the
0: guy who the invented- The evidence. They
1: had the evidence.
0: Well, the guy who invented yeah. the vaccine, Dr. Malone, came out, mm-hmm. and, and those guys stay in labs. Yeah. They, don't, they don't go on TV. Right. They, oh, this, that's all they do. But it was so bad because he got bad information. Yeah. So he's making the vaccine, and after a while, he's like, this shit doesn't look- It just doesn't seem right. And then he comes out, the guy who made it, and he's saying, look, it's making women go into menopause early. It's taking women out of menopause. It's messing with uh, men's sperm count. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And they're like, go take five more boosters.
1: Right. The guy who made it. Yeah. The guy who invented it. Well, then the CDC- My, like, head spins. Aren't they, like, backstepping now? Yeah. Like, it didn't, it doesn't really work or whatever? Look, I'll, I will tell you this. Is well, the that, CDC says that, but then you got the other half saying, go get another booster. Exactly. And there's something- Think about this. Why? That's the question is why. Now, I will tell you this from personal experience. I've looked at vaccinated people's blood under the dark field microscope at a quantum medical lab. It looks like a battlefield and the things I saw in there were scary mutating so, like hell, right oh my gosh it's 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 really bizarre it's yeah. bizarre and so I think that over the course of the next <coughs> excuse me five to ten years I think dr. Martin's prediction and others about people just dying off I think it's gonna happen Dude. I think people are gonna just start dying of they're getting re- weird blood cancers Um, Do you you think it's in the food or in the air? No, I think it's in the vax. I think it's what's in their blood. I think, I don't think, number one, I I don't think we should be calling a vaccination because it's not what it is. (laughs) The guy who made it said it's not. Exactly. (laughs) So, but we've, they were managed to put people in Mm -hmm. fear that all common sense went out the window, you know, and and people just said, I got to get this because they said, if I don't, and so they got it. But guess what happened? you got COVID. Oh, we need another one. Okay. So they got another one, but you got COVID. Then you got a booster, but then you got COVID. So why do they keep pushing this in the face of the truths that are coming out by reputable scientists that are saying it's not this and it's causing these problems because people are scared.
0: And it's better off just to let your immune system build up so you can fight it. Because exactly. if you're wearing a mask and gloves and a bodysuit all day long, how is your your immune system going to learn to fight it off? Exactly. You get it, you fight it, and then you're good. Unless you have like a pre-existing condition, then But then, the
1: vaccine just really whacks them even quicker. <clears throat> well, look at what they don't talk about in the face of other things like influenza and the Spanish flu and the Chinese bird flu and all that stuff. People died from that stuff because they had pre-existing conditions but never before was it used as a mechanism to control people, not like this time. So if you study and you look back at all the footage that's out there and you can get a hold of it, of globalists who keep talking about depopulation, it's a reality. They, they talk about, we'll create a pandemic, people will be scared, they will die off and we'll be able to control this and this and this. And look at how much they were able to control around the world. Because people were scared. And how far away do you think we are from that? From that
0: happening? I think we're at it now. Well, do you think we're at it now? Yeah. Let me give you my little hypothesis. Go for it. I want to hear it. Rob's heard this about 10 times, so he's going to get bored. <clears throat> um, so I think they'll do some type of pandemic. But I also think when, when it's right around election time, I think China will make their move on Taiwan. And if Biden puts one fucking sanction on China,
3: All
1: right.
0: That's it. War? I don't know about, I don't know war. I I haven't decided that, but we're fucked because China will cut us off. This is my opinion. I think that China, well, we know China, they slow walk. Mm -hmm. They have patience. We have egos. They have patience. That's true. You agree with that? Yeah. So I think now's the time. They got a weak guy in there. They're going right around 2024, right around the election, now, Biden's going to have all the pressure from the people around them to sanction China. But if he sanctions China, I think they cut everything off from us. And we everything, this, that, everything is from China. In a broken economy. In a broken economy. Got it. And then everybody's like, oh, well, Taiwan has all the chips. Do you think that China hasn't already been making all those chips for the last 100 years that they've been waiting to go take Taiwan? And when they take Taiwan, they're going to take all the chips with them. Absolutely. And they're gonna send nothing here if we send one sanction. So not only do I think he's going to put out a pandemic, I think the dumbass will put a sanction on them. They will invade uh, Taiwan, and then China cuts us the fuck off. And then I think we've got a real real problem. I and would, then with your predictability, I don't know if, I, if you think that's
1: possibly right, I don't know what happens after that. I think it sounds it sounds it sounds like it could happen, to be honest with you, particularly now, in <clears throat> a broken economy um, because people will start crying and screaming and Biden will be able to do the same thing he did when he sent our oil reserves to China, which I haven't heard explained so far why he was able to do that. Our oil reserves, right? That, and in addition to that, oh, fuck. then did that. he's able to leverage us the same way he did is doing with gas prices right now, blaming it on the Russians. Here's an interesting thing and, and Tommy, I think you're you're right, and I think look at the way the Democrats and the liberals in this administration orchestrate things. They always do something and they blame it on somebody else. It's a common threat. They never take accountability for it. they never. always blame. So if that be the case, then what you're saying exactly right. He can yeah. blame it on it's China just like he but blamed Russia that, for the oil prices. Right,
0: but see, I think—I uh, forgot that. And then I think China takes Taiwan, but then I think China aligns with Russia. Uh, what is it? Serbia right there. That whole line. Now, China's like the boss. And they'll, they'll let Russia have their name Russia and Serbia have their name Serbia, and Iran is Iran. But China's really the boss. And I think they all align— and they don't mess with us and then we have a real
1: problem I, I think you're right on that except for one thing you know from my experience studying putin and from his kgb days um right when rick and i were all playing that game with them hardball
0: they actually and they and the news tried to say he's <laughs> stupid <laughs> yeah putin's stupid yeah right
1: um i found him to be very calculated um and <coughs> I, quite honestly have a lot of admiration for him I don't have anything against the Russians anymore than I have against other people that I know in other countries. Um, and the Russians fought alongside of us in World War II on on a number of things. But um, I think Putin loves the country, his country, so much that I'm not sure he would ever be uh, – under the thumb of china to be honest i with shouldn't you. say under but working together they might work together yeah, they might. Like yeah, against exactly. us <clears throat> well of course with this yeah. administration yeah. i don't blame him because look i mean it, we're working against him you know in, in ukraine right now and to be honest with you we should have stayed the hell out of that well i'm mean, gonna it's interesting you they're, know they're... no one talks about the seven bio labs yeah. that we the u.s had in ukraine that fortunately the russians took out I'm not saying war is good, and I'm not saying that. But, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of innocent people haven't lost their lives on both sides. And Baz, but how about how dirty Ukraine was? Well, how many that's times you guys go there
0: with the nukes, the nukes, the nukes? We did. And nobody we did. wants nobody, nobody wants innocent wants to people to die, right? But this isn't a uh, you know yeah. uh, straight A student uh, country here. No,
1: and I'm not so sure that Putin's is the bad guy in this. You know, to be honest with you, um, look, Zelensky's got a lot to. Got a lot to answer for as well. But I remember working in Ukraine, and I remember some things, particularly out of Kiev, that were pretty criminal. What's it like over there? Well, the the average people were like, the people here, they're they're lovely people. But the politicians and the system Shit was corrupt. There was money laundering out the gazoo over there. Human trafficking was off the charts. Um, it was a country. <coughs> that, excuse me and i think everybody in my old business knows this it was a country that was used by a lot of globalists to do a lot of not so cool things and keep it underwater you know but nobody wants to talk nobody about wants that. to talk about that nobody wants to talk about biden's son and biden and the money they got from the ukraine the laptop and from china and the laptop
2: um can you real quick you you said the word globalist i always hear that word and yeah i understand it but can you explain to people out there watching, because you hear the word globalist all the time, right. what that means? Because I don't think people fully understand what the word globalist means. Sure. I really don't.
1: I think the best way to explain globalist is like, let's say you have two clubs. Yep. Okay. We have our club, let's say, as Americans, yep. and we believe in nationalism and freedom and independence and our country. Mm-hmm. Now there's another club full of world leaders and politicians and financial influencers They don't believe in the independence of a country, but they believe in one world order. They believe in a one world government. And they believe that they should head that up and that there should be no middle class. There should just be the elites and the poor. And the poor are subjected to whatever the elites want when they want it. Now as a globalist, if you're part of that club and that one world order or that one world government, you make all the money, you own all the profits. Mm You own all the commodities, you own all the natural resources, and you can pick and choose and go wherever you want because we push the idea that we are the world. We are a one world. And so what happens is, members of the global community, so to speak, now get to decide what happens to you in America because now (laughs) if they rule in a one world government, You don't have rights under the Constitution, and in fact, the Constitution doesn't mean anything anymore. It gets erased because now there's a global Constitution, and we're all going to fit in this together, and thus you have a world socialist system. Did I do it for you?
2: Yeah. I, know, I just want to hear it. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I, I wasn't quite sure what it was either because
1: you, you hear it 17 different you ways you, as well. You, you hear
2: global a but it's good to hear. It. I, I, I understood and I, yeah. I get it. It's just to hear it is, yeah, it's true.
1: <laughs>
0: Would you say that right now we're in a depression?
1: Yeah. The Democrats have managed to get us back into depression. I think They've they're, f- r- think they're fudging that number of a little 68. bit. They, they managed to do a lot.
0: I think they're fudging that GDP a little bit.
1: I think they are too.
0: Uh, four months, I think we're really going to feel it. I would agree with because you. Because I read history.
1: Yeah, there you go. Okay. Exactly.
0: And what ha- it, what happens first? The price, inflation, yep. prices go up at first. People have a little bit of money left, so they don't really feel it yet. Mm-hmm. But about four months, even if you do have money, like the people that are rich, you go to the store and there's nothing on the shelf. That's right. So whether you have money or don't have money, you can't get anything. It won't matter. And then- isn't that a depression? Because you can't depression. get shit. And you can't get anything. And there's no, <laughs> if you can't get anything. And you got nothing
1: on the shelves. Well, the store's see, closed, see, right? If you're not growing your own garden.
2: Yep. you're probably I, gonna starve. I was, just, I was just gonna say that. Think about it. My grandmother used. She's, she's passed away, but she's always. She used Sorry always to say, hear about that. She used to always say, "Grow. You know, they used to grow their own vegetables. She canned vegetables for the winters. Canned. Like, yeah. Literally canned all this food. And grew stuff. I mean, she didn't have cows or anything like that. But think about that. If uh, all I mean, just about everybody, not everyone, but are depending upon Walmarts and all these places to get their chicken and to buy this and all this type of stuff. If that ever gets cut off, oh, boy. <laughs> bad news. And, and, yeah. and it's bad not bad
0: like news. out of the realm of possibility. It's not out of the realm of
2: and, and that's We've what's insane. We've seen it already. Yeah. With no well, well she
1: tells. grew up, your grandmother would have grown up during the Depression. Correct. Yeah, as mine did. And they know what it's like. So they prepared wisely. And we would be... Wise to do the same right now. She can
2: absolutely she right. canned vegetables, I mean, jellies, jams for months and months. And she had stocks for like a couple of years. Yeah, literally, she, she knew yeah, homemade wine, everything. <laughs> God damn. Yeah,
1: everything, everything you need. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they were smart because they lived through it, you know? Yeah. And I tell you what, the sad thing is that for those people that don't do that now, And it's good that you brought it up, Tommy, because if you're going to prepare, you should prepare now. And I don't care if that's stocking up food or whatever, or growing your garden and getting it ready, because it's coming. In fact, it's almost here. Um, My wife and I were talking about the other day, you know, we we don't spend a lot of time out at restaurants. We cook a lot at home. But when we did go out... What used to cost us $30 cost us almost a hundred bucks. Yeah. And we walked out of there going,
2: what is going on here? And you here? get less food too. And you get less <laughs> food.
1: <laughs> the spring rolls are like a third of the <laughs> size, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You get like a toothpick yeah. spring roll, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, yeah. You know, it's- How um, bad? you originally went to school for health and fitness. I did. And
0: then how did that turn into military?
1: Um, when I was at the Citadel- um, I went in the Marine Corps and, uh, I had a, I had a, um, ROTC scholarship. And, uh, of course I wanted to go in the finest service in the United States, which is the Marine Corps, of course. Let,
2: let it be known. There is nothing better than the United States Marine Corps. My, uh, my uncle Joe passed away also. I said to him the one time, i never forget this. Went to the, um, oh God, I'm having a brain fart here. We the uh, Vita, uh, to where you go drink where all the veterans go drink. VW VW yeah. yeah and we went there and my uncle Joe's there and I used to bust his balls really good I go yeah uncle Joe remember when you used to be in the Marines he's like son once a marine always, always a, a marine, marine. <laughs> Yeah there you go
1: Sound familiar <laughs> It does <laughs> So true So my dad was green beret loving to Wow yeah. far exceeded any anything that I could have ever done. I mean, true. Uh, yeah, he was incredible. He's still he's alive. He's 90. Oh, great, um, great Both great. my parents are alive, which is great. and blessed. And wow. uh, I didn't need a hero. I got had my dad and both my mom. But Green Berets, yeah, awesome, Green Paris. So, Badass. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a bad so bad. I had to one-up him. I was like, <laughs> the only thing I can do is go in the Marine Corps. You know, first to fight. So anyway, I went in the Marine Corps, and um, uh, <clears throat> after that, I was at a— uh, I was one of the Marine Corps' first counterterrorism officers, uh, and uh, and what's that consist of? Like like on a good day, not a boring day. Well, uh, you know, it's not as it's not as flashy as it sounds. <coughs> Excuse me. It does sound good. It does sound great. Um, we I was put on a staff uh, at the um, in Quantico to we had gotten. Let me back up. They, we had gotten blown up in Beirut. We lost about two hundred twenty-two marines and navy there sorry yeah yeah. and um so the marine corps realized there was a different type of guerrilla warfare that needed to be fought and we didn't really understand enough about terrorism and uh funny because my grandfather had come from beirut right married a native american woman in america Uh, (laughs) but because of that everybody thought that i understood the mind of terrorists because i had a Somewhat quasi-Middle Eastern background, right? Yeah. (laughs) It must have come in your genetics, right? Must (laughs) be. Fortunately, I had been studying studying that for some years prior because it just interests me, you know, um, PLO, Hezbollah. And so I had a little working knowledge of it, and I got put on this staff to come up with uh, a counterterrorism program for the Staff NCO Academy uh, for the Marine Corps. And so I did that along with uh, a really good staff of uh, Jay Kinsman and uh, um, Color Sergeant Shanks from the British SAS and a couple other people. So that was the, that was the beginning of it. And, and I was at the National War College one day, <coughs> excuse me, um, listening to a lot of people pontificate on their knowledge of terrorism and stuff. And um, I went to take a coffee break, and a guy walked up behind me and said, Hey, Captain Boss, he goes, I was wondering, would you like to do God's work? And I was like, turn around, and there's this guy with a CIA badge on his... Well, it was just a thing that said CIA, right? And uh, I thought, well, this is weird Hmm. and spooky. And who is this guy, and what's God's work? And (laughs) what I didn't know is it's just a code they just used. And uh, he said... (laughs) <laughs> excuse me he said uh, we've had our eye on you for a little while thank you I don't want to oh my gosh thanks a lot I need yeah. um, he said we've had your, our eye on you for a little while and he goes we like what we see and uh, wondering if you'd be interested in talking to the CIA about employment and I was like well I don't know mm-hmm. you know I said but sounds interesting
0: and before we get to the CIA, is yeah. it true that the Army has timeout cards now?
1: Well, if the Air Force has drag queens now, I'm sure they probably have <laughs> that too, you know. We, didn't
0: we see that? <laughs> yeah. we we pulled it yeah. we pulled it up when Tig was in here? I don't know if it was Did he one, say one, they have
2: timeout cards? Well, it gets a little I, tough. I think it he gets, said army. It gets a little tough you can hold I, fr- I forget. pause. Yeah, it. I
0: think it was Army, right?
2: I think it was Army. Yeah, Marine Corps would never have that. Mm.
0: When you compare like knowing how it is now, <laughs> yeah. when you compare boot camp, yeah. in the marines when you went through it to what it's like now what would what would you say
1: well you know the standard may have not lowered that much mm-hmm. i think the course is pretty solid to be honest with you good I'm glad, from what i I've I'm, I'm, from from seen, you know i haven't i haven't heard anything to the to the contrary to be honest with you now i have heard things about the army and the air force and the navy i don't even think the air force has boot camp anymore I think you just, you go in and they give you a blue uniform. You drive a bus maybe, and and then they go, okay, I I think that's the case. The Air Force is gonna kill me. (laughs) And the Navy, well, I can't even talk about the Navy, so. The closest Marine Corps, I I mean, uh, the Army would be, especially all the JSOC and Spec Ops guys, uh, I give those guys credit, I mean, you know, and I'm just ragging on them, I have good friends there, but but anyway, so what happened was, They asked me if I'd be interested in it, and the guy said his name was John.
0: This episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest-growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest-growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial today. Go to Aurora.com slash MSCS. The
1: link is in the description below. Can't, I won't give his last name, even though it was an alias. Um, he was very well-dressed. It um, was the first CIA guy I'd ever met. And he said, look, he said, uh, <coughs> we'll be in touch. That's the last I heard of him, right? <clears throat> so two days later, I get this card on my desk at, at Staff NCO Academy. It says, go see Colonel Dorman at this address. So I take the card, and it's like literally a block away from where I am in my building. And, you know, in the Marine Corps, it's spit and polish. All the grass is cut, and the buildings are you know, sharp. And, and this one building, the grass was, like, all grown up. The paint was coming off the windows. You're like, where the and, hell am I going? Oh, right my gosh! like if the buildings should be condemned, like, like, right? Like, what did I do? <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, I must have the wrong place. So I knock on the door. Nothing. Knock on it again, nothing. I start to walk away and then the door opens like kind of you know, creaky sound, like a haunted house. Yeah. And there's this lady in civilian clothes standing there, and she says, Captain Boss, she goes, Come in, we've been waiting for you. Why only knocked seven times? Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I go in and the inside of the building is immaculate. I mean, it's just like civilianized to some Like I guess four. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I walk I walk in and she says, uh, Colonel Dorman, who later I came to know as Two Dogs, <coughs> I'm afraid to know why. Is that I me too. Though? I never asked. You never asked him? No, no. It, it was an old Vietnam. Yeah, yeah oh, I like that. Well, I, it was a wanna... CIA thing, I think. So yeah. I walk in and uh, I, I I go into this his office, and all I'm looking at is the a big leather chair. And the rest of the office is you know bookshelves and you know really plush. And I'm looking, and I can see the top of his head, and it's a flat-top, white, and I see this trail of cigar smoke. And I go, Captain Boz reporting, sir, he's ordered. (laughs) And he swivels around this chair, and I'm looking at this- With with a big cigar in his mouth? Big cigar in his mouth. I'm looking at this steel-jawed, steely-eyed Marine of a Marine, right? And he goes, Captain Boz, I'm Colonel Dorman. He says, I understand the CIA's been in touch with you. Now I think I'm really in trouble, because I didn't tell anybody, like, you know, about the coffee break. And I said, uh, I said, well, sir, and that's all I said was, well, sir. And he goes, OK, he goes, <laughs> he says, do you remember someplace? I'm trying to remember It's in the Middle East 1978, 1979 or something like this. Naval attache walks across from the oh, Beirut, I think, walks across from Hilton Hotel. He's walking across the street and a car drives by and four terrorists gun him down in the streets. And I'm trying to follow the story because I remembered the incident, right? And I'm thinking that the guy in the incident died. And he said, I said, yes, sir, I remember that story. He said, but did you hear the rest of the story? And I'm like, now what's going (laughs) on? He goes, that guy got up. He pulled his Uzi out of his briefcase. He stood in the middle of the street, and when they came back, he gunned them all down, <laughs> every single stinking <laughs> terrorist in that car. With his oomsy. Uh, and then he walked over to the Hilton Hotel and said, get me a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> goes, I'm listening to the story. I'm thinking, he goes, that was me. Uh, oh, insane. shit, I knew, yeah. I knew it. I and knew I it. I worked Excellent. for the CIA. I was
0: going to say, I bet that was him, but I wanted uh, you to. It was to, him. It was him. And he said, and
1: I'm here to ask you, boy, do you want to work for the CIA? Uh, oh, my God. I'm looking at, I'm just, now I'm taking it all in, you know, and. Trying to be the brave captain that I'm supposed to be in the Marine Corps, and he goes, "You could travel the world, and they'll pay you to
2: do it." Hmm. <laughs> Put yourself in some dangerous situations. Yeah, <laughs> that too. He didn't, right. he didn't, he didn't, he sure. Yeah, he didn't uh, mention. didn't uh, mention that part. Yeah, free, huh.
1: free vacations, right? Uh. Yeah. So I'm just standing there, and he <laughs> says, "I said, well, sir. I said, um, I think I need probably a little time to think about this." And he goes, "You do that. You do that." He goes, "You're dismissed." And so I turn around and I wanted to walk to the door and I open the door and all of a sudden I stopped And I just look, turn around, and I said, sir, if you were me, what would you do? And he goes, my boy. Oh, yeah. He goes, "Why, boy, I joined the CIA. And then he just swivels around in his chair, and I'm looking at the same thing I looked at before, the top of his head, a trail of up. smoke coming up, and the next thing I know, two weeks later, I'm in Ground Ranch huh. at the agency. Now, That's how, how I got in.
0: Now, how was the boot camp? Which one? I thought, first, to get into the CIA. The early, they torture you, right? Like, they mind fucking everything else? No,
1: I went in, when I got into Ground Ranch, uh, I went in, and there was... I was gone on my first assignment within four weeks. Oh, they they didn't mess with you or anything or try to They attached you? me to a couple of guys. No, they you, you know, I came to... Oh, you got lucky. I came there with you know, enough training for paramilitary ops for them to attach me to a couple other guys, and, you know, they kind of vetted me out in the field and stuff. And I guess I might must have done okay. I think the next... We were always training, but at that time... There were literally only about 24 of us that I remember for the whole world. Wow. So, and how many are there now? Oh, my gosh. It, probably 200 maybe? Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. I don't know the exact numbers. Um, I've been told by some guys that were still there. In, I thought it was like 200. And that may be less now because we, we're not in Afghanistan and other places. But um, that was like 24 guys. I, I think that number is correct. Um, for the whole world so a lot of times we'd be sent out by just single or by two people at a time you go out and you'd handle one operation and then you turn around and do laundry and then hand out for another operation so it's one of the reasons why the divorce rate was so high at least in ground branch and maritime and probably air branch as well because you're constantly gone constantly gone and i remember (coughs) um they did discourage you from getting married and those who didn't listen ended up in divorce you know oftentimes because it was pretty grueling but um it would have been nice if we had 150 or 200 guys because we could have spread the load out a little bit but um i have to say that you know and rick Prado was one of the 24 i remember when um the whole iran contra thing was you know rick was in the yamalis and we were at akakati from time to time so we're all involved in that whole war that was going on with Nicaragua nicaragua And other things and so oftentimes many of us just went out and and then came back you just did your job and you know there was some loss of life from time to time but um, you didn't have a really big support mechanism at that time and in fact there's just the opposite oftentimes we were having to struggle with the divisions or headquarters for things just like something stupid like your per diem they got to the point where they were actually, you know, you would get so much money for a hotel. And so if they gave you a sleeping bag because your assignment was in the middle of the jungle, they considered that government quarters provided. So, so you're so, sleeping in that, that's your hotel, right? That's your hotel. And so they you didn't get that money, you know. So a lot of guys were asked to do a lot with no compensation. But they did it because they loved the country. They believed in what they were doing. And it was a job that everybody came back and didn't talk about you know you just did what you did like I do think- you remember
0: your first mission the first mission that you completed successfully oh my gosh or, or just the mission that you completed successfully that you can talk about without
1: getting in trouble and use uh, no fred and, no okay
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i'd like yeah, to yeah um, sure 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 you know i, I there's a. a million. there are a lot of places around the world we went um, I don't really talk about them. Sure. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, not because you signed a secrecy agreement and not because, like, I probably could talk about some of them, I guess. I you just haven't you figured have integrity. Out, yeah, I haven't figured out how to do that right. Um, and also, there are some operations where I don't want to disclose because I don't want some foreign intelligence service coming back for revenge and going, oh, you were the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there, there, there are organiza- countries out there that have long memories. Oh, yeah. And they will... Yeah, again, it goes back to history. They'll come back if, and if just to show history, a point. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll I mean, wait 50 I mean, years. the Russians are good at that. You know, yeah. they'll wait forever and then they'll... And boy, China. Somebody will get off and they'll go, that's for what you did 35 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. just to send a message. So... Well, how about It's a little safer not to. Right.
0: So, okay. So, when you're in another country right. and you're looking for a mark, what is... And I asked Rick this too when, when you're looking for somebody when is enough flags to make a move you know you, you have this guy you think it's this guy you're not sure you have assets that are saying it's this guy this is you know the cell or, or whatever it may be when is there enough flags where you where you go and you make a move and you say okay we're positive
1: boom yeah a lot of Intel has to be gathered on the outside and that has, has to be disseminated. Back not only to headquarters CIA, but a lot, some of it has to be disseminated to the White House. It depends on what the oversight committee wants to do. It depends on who's read into the operation um, and what approvals will be handed down. Like, for example, with bin Laden, you know, that approval went all the way to the White House, it had to be approved by the president and other people. Um, There are minor cases that don't always require that approval. <clears throat> but that's after a lot of intel has been collected over a course of time and everybody has greenlit it, so to speak. So you know that if, if that individual is not stopped, you know, and that's certainly once all diplomacy has been exhausted. And then you call in the president's secret and, so to speak, which is a term that they've used for guys like a lot of guys, like Rick yeah. and other people like that and where we were. Um, Then um, that operation will initiate and business will be taken care of. But it still has to be greenlit. You know, it won't be like you're in the field. For example, in my book, (coughs) you will read, um, I remember Osama bin Laden was literally probably 50 feet from me and a case officer. 50 feet from you? Yeah. (laughs) And we didn't even know who he was. He was in the back of a Toyota truck. He was in Mogadishu. There was a crowd. He was parading around like the great messiah. And Rich and I were standing there. And I said, who's the, who's the guy? You know, everybody's waving and shouting and everything. And <coughs> Rich goes, that's a guy named Osama bin Laden. He's Ide's bagman." Huh. <laughs> now, had I known the future, uh-huh. I guess I didn't do so well in predictability, uh-huh. right? <laughs> I could have taken the shot. Wow. Chances would I have taken the shot and could I've gotten away? Um who knew you don't know. You know, I have no idea. But now you get that close and so so I couldn't even if I thought that he was going to create problems, I probably couldn't have taken that shot without all cuz you wouldn't have had all the green you know, lights. Like when I was in the Marine Corps, uh <laughs> it's really funny. Some of my Marines went across the fence line through the Cuban minefields and put um, American flags on their machine bunkers.
2: I thought they love that. <laughs> and
1: uh, I got called on the carpet for that. And Colonel Navadale, I love him to death. He was so gracious. He said, uh, I think your Marines did this. And I was like, sir, my guys would never do something like that, only to find out it was my guys. And then having to go back to Colonel Navadale and go, sir, in their defense, isn't this what we train Marines to do? And he, he didn't say anything, but he was gracious in his decision because The Hill, Washington, wanted to crucify these four Marines. They wanted to make an example out of them, you know, for going on the Cuban property. But it's interesting is that after that incident happened, and we were trying to make sure it wasn't an international incident, I was literally out on a guard post, I think it was post number three or four, with one of my Marines. And lo and behold, there's Fidel Castro standing within rifle shot. Of me, along with an ABC reporter. I don't remember if it was Dan Rather or who it was. <coughs> and when they, when, when they always say post, you know, post one, post two, what does that mean? It's literally a, a big post, an observation post, an OP. Oh, okay. There's a bunker underneath the bottom that's cement. Oh, holy shit. And these are along the fence line, and they're early warning posts, so that if the Cubans were to ever get through the minefield... You know, we would know, and we'd have to defend the base or whatever it may be. And this is all in your book, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's in the book. Yeah, something something bigger bigger
0: than overthrowing small governments.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there I am standing there. Just real quick. Yeah. How many
0: how many pages was this originally? I think
1: think it's 582 pages or something.
0: But originally, before they cut it down. I I, I always ask that
1: question. No, I think I was pretty much on target. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, that was it. It was big when we finished. My wife did the editing on it. She and her mother—they did a great job. It was pretty picture perfect. It's the blessing of having, yeah, a mom and a mom-in-law. Right like,
0: now at Barnes and Noble's, you can get fifty percent off. Go
2: there and up, get that book. There you go.
1: So it's a it's a good book about a lot of CIA stuff and how I made the transition from the spy world and to the humanitarian world. Yeah, but. Castro was standing there, and my Lance Corporal goes, Wow, can you believe Castro right there, Rob? <laughs> yeah, and he goes, oh, Christ. Sir, you could take the shot right now. <laughs> he said it. <laughs> I literally took the weapon and aimed in, and for a brief moment thought I could rid the world of Fidel Castro. Hmm. But all of a sudden, I came to my senses and realized nothing was greenlit on that. I was, That's not my job I'd probably go to prison because he's a head of state or something like that. And start a whole bunch of shit. And so didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, start a whole I'd have been shit in prison. I, wouldn't have, I thought I, you know, I wasn't going to be a hero. Who would have known, you know? know? Because the Senate definitely in Congress would have made me an example of that. But you never know.
0: Now, out of all the countries that you went to, yeah. what was your favorite country that you enjoyed being there? Although you are on a mission, but you, you liked the country. Well, I love America.
1: I mean, when you're... Oh, foreign country. Yeah, yeah, foreign country. I loved them all. Right? I I wish there was one. They all had their own unique thing, whatever, their own unique danger, to be honest with you. And I think it's safe to say without, you know, sounding, you know, spicy or whatever. And I think Rick and others would agree. You know, whenever we were sent out on an operation, it was always the threat of something. Um, Number one, you know, they were covert operations, so just getting caught in somebody else's country as a spy is usually punishable by death Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, you know there was always questionable and in those days whether somebody would come get you out or not. Uh, Chances were it wasn't going to happen whether it was a deniable operation or not. So I think we maintained our tradecraft fairly well um, but it was always about staying in the shadows um, because every country had its own had its own deceptive craters that I mean there was always the there was always a foreign Intel entity that you had to be aware of and even though you got in a country under a alias and a different cover story, um, you never got comfortable enough to believe that they really believed it.
3: so right
1: <laughs> you know if you thought I think if you thought at any moment like, I'm clear. Once I got through customs, we're good to go. No one's ever going to, I'm going gonna, to, it wasn't that way, you know, and you had You to, probably would have been dead if you would have thought like that. I think you're Too, right. too much ego. Yeah, you know? too much ego, right. I think humility uh, plays a big part in staying alive and never underestimating the opposition, but at, this ever, at the same time sticking to your tradecraft and um, doing what you do best um, without thinking you're, James Bond. Right. It's not more that way, you know.
0: No, out of the countries, which is the most vicious you've been to? I know you love them all, but you know, if you were to be a spy and get caught, which is the most vicious?
1: I think the Congo sucked. <laughs> to be <honest> <laughs> I don't think I'd want to get God, I don't uh, want to end up in one of their jails. I don't think so either. You know, um, the Congo sticks out in my memory, you know. For some reason, I mean, it could have happened in South America, but, you know, there's that whole Latin flair thing, you know. So, at least you could, like, eat tacos maybe while you're in jail. But in Congo, you're eating nothing but worms, buddy, I'm Uh, telling you. So, yeah, I think the Congo was probably the nastiest.
0: That's the most protein you're getting, right, is those worms. now, if we have if
2: we have CIA, CIA operatives all over the world, right? We don't know where they're at, but they're you guys may know where that. We don't know as general public, where they're displaced across the world. Yeah. How many people, I think we asked Rick this question too, how many off the top of your head, just a total wild guess of other countries, like a, say a China or a, a Russia, have people implanted in our country, do you think?
1: What did Rick say?
2: I can't remember. I don't remember. He said
1: a lot yeah he said a lot um okay what's a good know. answer for that um it's a
2: guesstimate like i'm not saying you have to say there's actually 250 I, yeah but it, he, he a was a good amount richard said that there was a shit i himself. think
1: every country in the world probably has someone from their service their intel service in our country mm-hmm. so how many countries do we have in the world yeah a lot so yeah a lot a good amount. so i think a lot saying i mean the russians remember what was the Eight, nine, 10, 11 Russian spies got kicked out of the country Correct. A few yeah. Years ago. yeah. So, you know, they they were here successfully and how long were they here and how much intel did they gather? You know, talking about the Chinese, oh my gosh, it's embarrassing. The Chinese have saturated this country. They've probably stolen every bit of technology we have. And yet we don't pay attention to it. And one of the ways they're able to do it and I think it can be answered said in a question. And it is, why do we let anybody in a foreign country own property in America?
3: Yeah. Why?
1: I don't know the answer to that. At least if you go to the Middle East, maybe you can buy property. But you're only 50% of the, or 49% of the owner, and the, it has to be somebody from that nationality or that country that has to be 51% well, or they, something like that.
2: They said during this whole, you know, past couple of years of real estate how crazy it's been, you know, just selling homes like, you know. Yeah. Four hundred thousand dollars over asking price, and cash buyers, and a lot of cash buyers. Yeah, that a lot of those cash buyers. It's I'm, not, I'm saying this as what I've heard, not that it's true, but a lot of outside money being funneled in to buy up properties from foreign countries. entities. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I heard that. I think we, if we were able to investigate into our colleges, how many colleges the Chinese actually own. How many universities took loans from Chinese banks? Now, now (coughs) China owns them, basically. Well, actually, they own them. So if you own them, then you can put your own socialist agenda in there, you know, your own socialist professor, which, by the way, if socialist professors really believed in what they're preaching, Hmm. then why aren't they working for free? Right. Right? (laughs) No, they're not. You know, hypocrisy once again, you know, so. Well,
0: just like the iPhone. It's so stupid to think. It says, you know, made in the USA. No, the parts are in China. They're right. assembled in the USA. Yeah. To think that China isn't putting something in that iPhone, iPad, Samsung, that's collecting all that data.
2: Well, you saw the TikTok stuff. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: that's I'm a, I'm a, I was telling you I'm a coder by nature. Okay. TikTok. Just, when you look at the code, not right. the not the website, the code's like behind it. It it it, it takes everything. It downloads it downloads your messages. Every, your calls, your contacts,
1: everything. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And I and I'm not saying that. And you know, you know, I'm not saying this. They don't give a shit about me or him or, or whatever. But they use the data. Yeah. The data, the data, the data. To see what Americans do. That's all they need. And all the cell phones are made over there. And That's all right. anybody does is play on the. What cell part
1: phone. of this are we not getting? Wake I, up and smell the coffee. You're exactly right. right.
0: Yeah. You know why not shift it all over here? And Trump was trying to. That's
1: right. And, and he was giving them
0: incentives to do
1: it. And nobody cares until all of a sudden they're on your back doorstep. Yeah. And people go, oh, that'll never happen. Yeah. Oh, really? Look at all the things that are happening now where people went, that'll never happen. And yeah. it's happening.
0: They fucking know everything. Yeah, of course. China do. knows every damn thing because yeah. of that phone. And everything's made over there because it's cheaper. Yeah, like you exactly. said in the beginning, back to people money. People
1: are selling their souls. Selling their souls. You're right. That's You're what they You're damn right. Yeah. Bathroom break?
0: Sure, Quick. all right, boss. So sure. then you decide to leave in '96. You leave the CIA, right. right? And then you go to work for uh, Pen Cloak and Dagger uh, Production Company, right? right? Entertainment, right? Now, how do you go from CIA, <laughs> well, Marine CIA, to this? So <laughs> that's um, a hell
1: of a move. It is. <coughs> so um, during my time in Mogadishu, Somalia. Um, I lost uh, a friend there, uh, Larry Friedman, he was a friend to us all. Sorry Guy that. called Super Jew, Sorry. great sniper, yeah. Um, he actually uh, actually took my place on that operation. Um, I was scheduled to go out with John, um, another buddy of mine, and at the last week before we departed, um, I had to go to a court case because my grandparents had had somebody had broken into them, about two years later, and was going to get out of prison if somebody in the family didn't come and testify on their behalf. So I had to go to South Carolina and do that. And Larry uh, came to me and said, Hey, can I take your place? And I said, Sure. But anyway, yeah, he got killed in a landmine. Again, sorry to hear that, man. In Badera, yeah. So anyway, um, I thought about that a little bit once I got. Got out of the agency. I was, thought about it for a long time. Uh, that and a couple other things. And uh, so I decided to uh, take a little hiatus and get on my Harley and, <coughs> excuse me, take a little trip. And I did. I ended up in Tucson, Arizona. And while I was there, a lady walked up to me and said, You should be on TV. How relaxing is that on the Harley? That's great. Just, That's you great. just think, right? I, I used, used to just have a think, bike. Like, you know. Yeah, you just, just drive went in your face. You yeah. just think. And uh, so she said, you should be on TV. And I thought, what is this? Mm-hmm. Her name was Nancy Good, wonderful lady. And she said, I'm friends of a casting director named Holly Heyer. And um, we're looking for somebody like you for this TV show. And I'm still thinking it's just a joke. And <laughs> she says, well, "Go, just go to lunch with me. So I went to lunch with her and her son. <laughs> excuse me a really well-known artist named dean answered great guy and uh i met this casting director and she said yeah we're shooting a tv show here called legend with richard dean anderson and john delancey and a bunch of other people and michael greenberg and he's producing this and I, I think we could use somebody like you what do you what do you do and i said Well, am Just on the bike. I was traveling. I'm on my Harley. She said, uh, well, I was wondering if you could read a few lines for me. I didn't even know what she was talking about. (laughs) And she said, look, here's a a script. I'll be this person and you be this person and we'll just go back and forth. So I did. And she goes, well, she goes, okay. I I think we found the guy we're looking for, right? So she said, uh, how would you like to be on a TV show? And I'm like... And again, you're still like, what, what the hell is going on? I'm not sure, right? sure yeah. what's going on, right? <coughs> it's like so, you're getting punked, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I did get the the part, and um, and uh, but because I was not Screen Actors Guild, I didn't even know what Screen Actors Guild was, you know? I, they casted it out of Hollywood, and, and Michael Greenberg said to me, I met, I met the executive producer, and he said, um, look, he goes, I know you're just a biker, and here's traveling. He goes, but how would you like to work on the show and while you're just hanging out here in Tucson? And um, I thought, well, well, why not, you know? So uh, I did. I signed on as a PA, production assistant, um, pretty low in the ring. You get to hand a lot of coffee to a lot of people. Hmm. But you get to learn. know the actors really well, and you get to learn and, um, uh, so by the time I finished the first season, um, I had, uh, been a PA, uh, second, second assistant director and, uh, and got my first role, my first speaking part as a reporter on the TV show, <coughs> excuse me. And then I had written a screenplay about some stuff that I thought was pretty good and, Michael Greenberg said, "Yeah, this is pretty good." He goes, "How'd you like to be a writer in Hollywood?" And I, your said, mind must have been spinning. Oh my gosh! He goes, "Look, I'll I'll put you in my guest house. I'll get you a job at Paramount." <laughs> he goes, and then and then that was like you know before, well, it was like a couple months before the production ended. And uh, one day he called me in his office and he goes, "He goes, you're not just a biker." He goes, "You're something else." He goes. You have too much leadership. You have this thing going on, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I want to know who you are. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still
0: thinking, I'm just a, you know, I just left the agency and right, the rain, right. you know.
1: <laughs> so I told him, I just said, well, I said, I used to work for the government, and I'm just clearing my head. And I said, I'm, I've got a nonprofit. That I want to rescue kids. And I said, I haven't figured out how I'm going to make the money to do that yet. And I said, but— that's who I am, and he goes. You worked for the government? He goes, like the CIA or something. <laughs> and I, I just like, la- yeah. I you said, well, you're about to say. I yeah. said, well, uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> and um, he just his mouth dropped, and I said, um, I said. He goes, well. He goes, well. Last time I heard that from somebody, he says it was Steven Seagal, Ugh. and I went, I don't remember seeing Steven Seagal there. I said he may have. I said. I just don't remember seeing him. And I said, so that's what I did, and I don't really talk about it. And I said, so I said, but that sounds like a great idea. I said, you mean I can learn a different trade? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, look, he said, you could make money to go rescue kids and have it, you know, if you do it right, he goes, have that freedom to do that in this industry, the film industry. And it all made sense, and... The next thing you know, I'm moving to California and he got me a job at Paramount Pictures and wow. he and I wrote a, a screenplay together called Gentleman of the Shade. And um, one thing led to another and then in my career in the film industry um, blossomed. Uh, and so I started Pin, Cloak & Dagger. Pen being the writer and Cloak and & Dagger being my my espionage career. And I started my own production company. and. Publishing company um, at that stage and um, spent 38 some years um, being able to do just that, be in the film industry, producing and writing. Uh, and you were of, a uh, technical advisor for Jake 2.0, right? I was. I almost forgot about that. Thanks yeah, for reminding you me. You can't yeah.
0: forget that. Now, yeah. now, what does a technical <laughs> advisor do?
1: What the hell does that mean? You know, if the, if it basically the writers are trying to create reality. They want it to be true, uh, as true as it can be. And someone that may have that skill, for example, let's say um, there's a cop show. Well, they'll hire a police officer to make sure everything is technically correct. Are they wearing their uniforms correct? Is this the language they would speak? Is this how they arrest people? It's that's all it is, really. So you
0: yeah. would never think that, right? Would you ever think that that's what it's? T- so, but basically, you're you're making it as
1: real as possible, right? Yeah, because when I worked on the uh, on the a lot sh- of stuff show called the Agency, um, actually, it's really funny. I, there's the CIA sent someone to the set. Really, it's really funny. We were shooting it with us. Uh, the agency was CBS, and we were in in Culver City, and. Um, um I think it was uh, the executive producer yeah was um uh Sean Cassidy I mean, yeah Sean, you remember David Cassidy and Sean Cassidy yeah, I remember yeah, Sean partridge Cassidy. family yeah, and all those yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 his yeah, mom yeah. was in it well so Sean was the uh, huh. was a very great guy, loved him to death and he, he he came out on the on the set and he said uh there's somebody who wants to talk to you and they they say that from the CIA. And I went, uh, okay. <laughs> so I stepped off over by his craft services, and there was this guy, and he pulled out his credentials. And he goes, he goes I'm from your old organization. He goes, um, he said, a lot of what you guys are putting on the screen is very, very close, very close to your old life and what happens out, out there. He goes, we just want to caution you. And I said, um, it's very close. You I mean, like, has it crossed the line? And he goes, no. And then I said, well, when it crosses the line, mm. you come back to me <laughs> and we can have a <laughs> I said, but as it is now, I'm going to get as close to the line as possible yep. without disclosing any sources or methods or tradecraft or whatever it goes, okay? And I said, and the rest of this stuff, I said, you're going to have to go talk to the writers because it's all open source and they're pulling it all out. I said, I just kind of keep it clean for them. In fact... I do the job so that we don't have any problems at the agency. And he looked at me, and I gave him an example, and he goes, okay, he goes, well, it's good that you're here. And I said, I think so. <laughs> so, you know, we we had that talk, you know. And then you have hundreds of hours on, you know, MSNBC,
0: Fox, CNN, and, and you were an analyst for MSNBC for a while, right? I was
1: for a little while, yeah. Now, when they do that, do, do they send you to a remote studio? I did. I did go to. I went to mostly off of. Uh, I went to a remote studio off of uh, um, Mobile. I always mo- off that, of cause Motor the, Avenue because it looks yeah. so real. Yeah, Half I, the I time. was in mo- most of the time Motor Avenue, right in Culver City, is where I went.
0: Now, are are all the stations the same? Do they use the same? Do they share studios, or they each have their own one for you know? You to I went go to. to
1: di- I went to different studios. Yeah. wherever they would say show up here at this time and people there at studio were nice and they'd say okay we know you're coming here we go and they they were great And you know it's uh you do your thing and I think it's really funny because I I got I no longer it's funny my career as you know a news analyst so to speak ended when MSNBC I was on there with MSNBC and another guy that had retired from the agency and um they asked me a question about ISIS and Obama. And <laughs> they asked this guy a question, a question and he like went through this whole rigamarole, you know, but like 10 minutes. And well, it wasn't 10 minutes, but it seemed like 10 minutes forever. And I'm listening to this guy and I'd never met him in the agency before, but I knew he was greasing the skids because he was like floating this for everything he could get because it was like, this is what he wanted for a career. I didn't want it for a career. I just wanted to tell the truth. So they asked me a question about ISIS, and I started down this road to explain why we hadn't stopped ISIS, and then I just, I put the brakes on, and I took a beat, and I finally just said, look, you want to get rid of ISIS, you get rid of Obama. And everybody was quiet. But it was it was true. Yeah. And we know it now true because look what Trump did to ISIS in what? Six months? Yeah. He went up and whispered in his
0: ear, Hey buddy. Yeah, the guy's dead. So after at at dinner, right? Wasn't that dinner?
1: (laughs) So after that, MSNBC never asked me back. And you know what? I don't really care. And you were on a Geraldo. Who still has that
0: damn mustache. He's He's got it? Yeah, he's on the 5 now on Fox. And he he? still has that mustache that curls up. That's his brand. That's his brand. Yeah, He almost got whacked. He almost got whacked a long time ago. I heard. Yeah, he was real close. He was real (laughs) close. Did you ever get on the uh, O'Reilly Factor? I don't believe so. I was just curious. No, I used to watch it. They they kicked him out.
1: Yeah, I think what's interesting is um, no matter who I get asked to, Join. I think my wife, she's really smart. She says, look, you got to be careful with what you say on TV. She goes, and she knows this because I go, do you really, do I look like the kind of guy that cares what people think about me? No, I don't care. I just care about the truth. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm like that with Trump. You know, it's like, I like him because she might be trying to keep you alive. Well, she is yeah. trying to keep me alive. And I just tell, look, God wants me to go. I'm going and that's about it. But you know, it's like, I, don't really care what people think about me. I mean, I care that people like me and that they know I'm a good American and, that, you know, we rescue kids. I like those things. <coughs> but when it comes to all of these woke organizations or all this stuff that's happening, I don't really care. You know, I'm an American. I know my history. I know the Constitution. I know what it takes to preserve freedom. And I don't really give a rat's ass what— The LGBTQXYZ thing or (laughs) BLM or Antifa or the next liberal organization that wants to mouth off. I don't really care.
0: With me, the problem with the news, even when it was somewhat legit, they would say, Baz, what do you think about China? And you start to explain, what about China? Sorry, sorry, hard cut. Hard cut. That's right. You can't even, I mean, how are you going to answer a question like that in 60 seconds? Yeah. I mean- did that that had to have frustrated you?
1: Uh, it happened a few times, you know, and um, somehow I managed to still get it out in a different way. You know, I'd wait till they asked me the next question, and then I would jump back to the question that and they come up on. Yeah. I'd go back, and then I would like spit it out really quick. And you could see them because they're they're like, getting frustrated and like, no, 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 but no. But you're no,
0: beating them to the punch totally. What was the easiest network to deal with?
1: Dan Abrams. Really. He was great, hmm. yeah, and and I don't know Dan personally, but uh, he. It's really interesting. We did a interview, and at the end of it, he he said, "You know, he goes, I'm listening to your name. He goes, Basil Boss. He goes, that's the coolest name I've ever heard. If huh. I had to change my name, I'd change it to Basil Boss. <laughs> I never forgot that. You know, he was gracious. He reported fairly. Um, he didn't cut me off. He, he was very professional. Now I don't know where Dan is nowadays. Um, I don't. I don't even know if he's on the networks anymore. But that, I think that that's was all you could
0: want, though, right? To not be cut off, be respected, yeah, and and be fair, yeah. You know, not be this way or that way. Just tell the news the way it is, right? And if you're gonna ask somebody a question, let them answer it. Yeah, your yeah. commercial breaks still there. Yeah, let exactly. them answer. It. You know, well, I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, we we take a look at all the 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 news the news media. And I I don't think we're at a point where it's like this network's biased or this network's biased. I think we're literally at a point now where the only news station that's telling the truth is Fox. I I used to not say that. I used to say, well, they have their, you know, their entertainment industries um, and they all have a little flair of entertainment. But I used to think it was, I could go through and look at all the the different news feeds and just go, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Now I'm at a point where I listen to CNN or MSNBC or whatever, and it's just like bold-faced lies. It's far left. It's skewered that way. I mean, they don't. And I listen to Fox, and and not because I like Fox. I just like the truth. And I take what Fox says, and I, I go out and do my research, and I go, wow, these guys are Looks like they're telling the truth about this kind of stuff.
0: I think they're all in cahoots, but I think <laughs> out of all of them, Fox is, is yeah. the most truth. But yeah. I think they're all in cahoots because what was weird to me is all of a sudden, all of them stopped going to Ukraine. And in my opinion, we were
1: just talking about that yesterday. What do you think that's about?
0: I think it's because it makes Biden look bad. It makes him look bad. I because it's never war. Thought about that, it's but war. I think you, were, you got citizens right. dying. Now all of a sudden, before it was every two seconds, you got that guy. You know, you got 17 guys over there. They're going there every two seconds. Yeah.
1: And the only time they're cutting off was for the Johnny Depp case. Do you think it's that, or do you think that, just spitballing here, um, the only thing they can report is the same thing every day? I you think they don't report so much war. But, we learned that about Vietnam. Yeah, but you know?
0: all the stations don't do it. All of mm. them don't go to Ukraine. They might mention Ukraine once or twice right. a day. All of them.
1: There's a reason for that. There is a reason. i wonder what it is.
0: If it's one, okay. Two, yeah. okay. But when they're all not going to Ukraine anymore, mm-hmm. somebody got a paycheck because, it's, in my opinion, because it's making Biden look bad because it's war and citizens are dying, whether it's just, lot of just the way it is. So you stay away from that and you go to, you know, raiding, you mm-hmm. know, hitting Mar-a-Lago or you know, January 6th, or, or right. this case, that case, whatever case, this missing person now. Why do you think all these people are missing?
1: Yeah. Well, if you have 10 million people coming in the border every day, it's probably going to happen. Well, we're going to see crime escalate beyond oh. anything we've ever seen. And And interesting enough, and I talked to our law enforcement partners, mostly our local and state law enforcement officers, and they already know that they are ill-equipped to handle MS-13. They already know that they're ill-equipped to handle the flood of immigrants that come from, not all, not all, but a majority of them from a world of crime where you did things in the street just to survive. And they aren't gonna have the, the capacity to detain these people for crimes and, and the system's broken and whatever it's gonna be. I remember a uh, good friend of ours at ICE I can remember the day he called me and he said, we just rounded up, I thought he said 30 illegal aliens. And he said, and we just got a call from Washington that said, let them all go. I said, like, just let them go. He goes, yeah. He goes, we have them in a detainment facility. I said, well, where are you letting them go? Like back across the border? He goes, no, we just opened the door and they said, let them go. And out in the street they went. Now,
0: what do you think they're going to do? They have no money. They have nowhere to They're go. Gonna commit crime. They're going to commit crime. They have to. There's no choice. They have no choice but to commit crime.
1: Yeah. How are you going to live and eat? How are you going to live and eat? You have you know? to. There's I, no choice. You're, you know, so it's a shame. So, in reality, because of that, we're doing them an injustice by making more homeless people. We're coming across the border and we're, we're, we're not preparing. We can't. And, and in addition to that, we're giving people free medical. Illegal aliens, we're giving them free medical. Americans can't even get free medical. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure actually we want free medical. That's a big social thing. But what are we doing now? And it was interesting about this, and it doesn't infuriate enough Americans. It's like, where do you think where do you think all that money's coming from? The taxpayers. Of course it the is. The taxpayers. So when our taxes keep going up over and over and over. It's to pay for everybody else's shit. To all pay, the people that they let in. That's exactly right. And how long can we sustain that? Not Before long. Before it breaks your bank yeah. account or my bank account or your bank account. Just think about it. It's inevitable. And then it goes back to what you said in the beginning.
0: You have to. You have no choice then but to depend on the government. Unless you move the hell out of here. Ex- Where are you
1: going to go? Exactly. Unless, of course, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is, you hinted to this, I think, what will people do when that happens? And I think- that people will be fed up with it and I think that people in this country will do what they did in the French Revolution I think so I think and what's interesting I think the Democrats and the liberals and this administration underestimate the resolve of the American people American patriots and I think because of their arrogance and their need for control and greed I think they're blinded to the fact that if and when the American people cross the line, they will be relentless. And they're going And they're going to go after people, and they know. Here's the interesting thing. There are enough Americans in here that know where every one of those people live. Call it what you want. Call it Civil War. Call it Revolution. Call it retribution. You can call it anything you want to make it a crime. Just because you make it a crime doesn't mean that people aren't going to go do it. When enough people can't feed their families, when enough exactly. people don't have anywhere
0: to live, yes. they, some might just sit still, but there's going to be a lot of guys that aren't going and sit women still. that are not going to sit still, and yeah. they got nothing to lose.
1: That's exactly because
0: right. at that point, as we said, you have nothing to lose. That's so right. So what are you going to do? Live poor, not eat, nothing yeah. to do, you know. you everything's everything's shot. Right. So when you have nothing to lose, you do crazy things.
1: That's exactly right. And the government, I don't think or- I think they're underestimating that. They're underestimating that. What they'll quick fix will be is the situation, the economy has fallen. It's no fault of our own. And we're going to save the day. We're going to help you so that you don't have to start. And again, they're underestimating because people in this country have a history of living free and working with their own hands and making their own money and living their life the way they want to live their life, with their liberty and their freedoms, that they're not going to fall for that. You know. So and they may think they're going to fall for it. They're not. They're going to go, I don't want your hand out. I want my job back. I want this and I want this. And because you are standing in the way of that, you know you are a threat to my family and my livelihood and whatever it may be, and they're going to take action. And that in itself is what we're going to see on a massive Massive individual level and so much to the point and it's what scares me because it won't be fair to people, but If you're a Democrat, you're gonna be a target If you're a socialist, you're gonna be a target if you're a liberal, you're gonna be a target if you're a supporter of this administration You could end up being a target as I've seen it unfold in third world countries again with the predictability Outcome as I talked about earlier These are the things that I discussed with law enforcement stuff like that and I said look I'm not advocating this I'm saying this is probably what's going to happen. And you're going to point the finger at a lot of people and good citizens of this country that are trying to live and not die each day. You're going to try to make them look like bad people, and they're never going to see it as I'm a bad person because they are not going to fall under a tyrannical government. They're not going to fall under a socialist system, and they're going to take up arms and they're going to do other stuff. And that's one of the reasons why the government's so... Bent on getting rid of people's weapons. Yeah. In your Second Amendment because rights.
0: because like like you can't control people. You can't control sure. people. Exactly. But like, like we keep saying <coughs> when that happens, they're gonna say, Well, when did this start? Well, it started when the left got in. Yeah. And then all the blame is gonna to go to the left and like mm-hmm. you said, if if you're over there and when that time comes, because people aren't even if there's a Republican in trying to fix it or whatever it may be. Right. They're going to remember that this all started with Biden
1: and, they, and his exactly, people. Exactly. They'll, they won't remember Obama or Bush, who no. was all part of the same club. It will all be Biden. It will all be Biden. Yeah. And it's interesting in that, you know, is that we're already seeing in the country, sadly, we're already seeing something that happened during World War II. When Hitler started to take over, we literally had neighbors turning neighbors in, those Jews. Yeah, I have some Jews that live around the corner. And we had Jews turn Jews in. We had family members turn family members into the Nazi party, right?
2: George Soros, right? <laughs> yeah. He did. Exactly. That fucking guy. Yeah.
1: yeah. And even now, so now we're even seeing in America, we're having liberals and Democrats go, oh, my neighbor, he's a conservative. And by the way, he has guns. We, I know, in Colorado, in Boulder County, in Superior and all those places, we already have people going, you know, with the red flag laws. Yeah. My neighbor's a veteran and he could be mentally unstable. You should take his guns away. Huh. And they're turning people in already. Now, what, kind, what do you think that fuels? You know, it's interesting uh, about that old gun thing. You know, we don't take, we don't make sober drivers because a drunk driver kills someone in their car. We don't take a car away from a sober driver. Same thing with guns. That's what they're trying to do with guns. There's a lot of people that own guns that are going to protect you from crime. And by the way, crime's going to increase <coughs> over the next five to ten years because of the border situation. And people are already starting to see it. But yet we still have that same thing that happened in World War II. We're starting to get the far left is literally starting to try to rat out their neighbors because the they don't f- like them now. Who the fuck, last your neighbor. Well, conservatives. I never found conservatives. When I was growing up, out I never people. did that. You no, I mean it's your neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Even or anything, you just you don't say anything. That's right. So when that starts happening, and people. They do it now. Like I saw this. You know, saw the thing with the FBI. They put out that it leaked out on their. Uh, did you see that about? These are the. If you see these flags or these symbols, oh yeah, this is a chan. This is these are considered domestic terror, like the Betsy Ross flag. I didn't see it. Oh yeah, did you oh, see that yeah, stuff? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 like the. You know the old rattlesnake with "Don't tread on me." Yeah, yeah that's a. Terrorist. All dates all the way back to our history. The Betsy Ross flag domestic dates back to terrorist. our history.
2: Yeah, these called domestic terrorist flags. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah.
1: So. I, I told my wife. I said, "I'm going to get all those flags in. This
2: flag. <laughs> she goes, no, Purple. No, Purple. no, no. You're going to start a fire. Here. You and John. You and John. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all ten, I'm going
1: to send them to Rick. Pratt. I'm going to Rick. Put all these flags up in your house quick. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, then there were some things like I think the not the promise was it the, not the promise keepers. Uh, who's the other group? Oath the, keepers. Oath keepers, yeah. oath keepers. Yeah. They had the oath keepers thing. All those things. So these are people that at one time they love the country and they're they're just. Are great patriots to some degree now it doesn't mean that there isn't somebody in there that's probably a rotten apple I'm not saying that but you know they I mean we have that but all of a sudden I mean it leaked out and now if you have that flag and so now we got people going, oh, my neighbor has a Betsy Ross flag. i got a buddy of mine in Colorado. He's got a Betsy Ross flag, and he flies it on the top of his store, and we love it because it's history. <laughs> he's a big his- history buff. You know, he's like American Revolution. I remember that, and I remember this. I mean, he just studies history, right? And I think he's got one of the don't tread on me flags, you know, that kind of thing. And I was laughing with him. I said, well, let me know when the FBI comes and kicks your shoulder in. <laughs> You know, because that's probably going to happen, and it's just like, why can't people just, why can't people just be themselves?
0: Why can't people just, well, be them,
1: yeah, you know, with, exactly. without the bullshit? Yeah, well, because there's wow. an agenda, yeah. and the agenda is a left agenda. Stupid question. I don't know how we got left and right and all this stuff. You know, um, to stay in the middle and be a good patriot, but almost now, and it's interesting with some three-letter agencies and other people to believe in the Constitution to salute the flag, to say the Pledge of Allegiance, all the things that built our country, they look upon it like it's wrong. Like it's wrong. Yeah. And it's not wrong. It's right. They're wrong. And we have to have enough people stand up and go, you're wrong. You don't know history. You don't know the country. And if you're not going to support the Constitution, then get the heck out of Dodge. You you know,
2: know, it's it's funny. Uh, I don't know if it's off off subject or not, but um, my, my kids play football. My youngest son... We were headed to his scrimmage, not well, not his scrimmage. He scrimmaged the day before. We we're seeing the older kids scrimmage, right? Right. Fourteen year old scrimmage. So we're walking in the parking lot, and we're walking toward the field, and I could hear the national anthem going. So my youngest, he's twelve. He start. He kept walking. I said, "Stop, stop." So we stopped. He looked at me. He understood. He didn't get it. He didn't hear it at first. So we stood. I stood there while the national anthem was going. You would not believe how many people just didn't, kept walking. Didn't stop. They kept walking. There were people talking on their phones. Like years ago, if you did that, your dad came with a hand to the back of the head. Like you, yeah. you stop the national anthem song. It doesn't matter what you're my doing. My grandpa yeah, would have stopped. kicked
0: my ass to China and he would not have come and got me.
2: Yeah. But I couldn't believe it. I mean people talking on their phones. <clears throat> like like really? it's, nothing's going on. You're just like Why am I saying? take really? take your thirty seconds and stop for a second and then go back on and do yeah. your thing. But yeah, it was you know all
0: those people they should go to a communist country, right? Don't oh, no shoot them. They'll shoot uh, them
2: if they if And they if move. you do make it
0: back, and yeah. if you do make it back, I bet you're I bet you listen. I bet you do too.
1: My I, dad used to stop the car and we would get out. You know, he would step out of the car and stand at attention if we drove past a national anthem and I remember on the military base whenever they played taps or whenever the flag was in the morning or when they were bringing it down, everybody stopped their car. Everybody saluted. You got out of your car, you saluted. I mean, you know, it was an interesting thing. But you're right, Tommy. You know, put their butts in a... Put them over there. And put them over there and go, how do you like it now? You know, it's funny, uh, uh, the girl, forgive me, I can't remember, the basketball basketball player that's in Russia, right? Well, a a staff member of ours went to school with her. And uh, when she got thrown in prison in Russia, which is pretty socialist, actually, they haven't really changed a lot. she, She said... Well, I guess she. And by the way, just so you know, this basketball player was a big liberal socialist, from what I understand from one of her classmates who to our staff. She goes, "Well, I guess she's getting a taste of what she believed in, <laughs> <laughs> you know." And there you have it. No freedom. I mean, and that's the socialist system. It's like you're in. Pre- I'm, I'm sure she didn't get a fair trial. I don't yeah. think that was the case of I it. Mean, she just basically, the, the Russian government probably said. Just throw her in there
0: to say a few to us. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, we're going to set an example. But I, bet
0: she's, I bet you I when she gets back here, if she does, she'll get back here. But when she does, I bet you she'll be standing. Dennis Rodman.
1: Who knows? Yeah,
3: Dennis. Oh, man. <laughs> He's
1: going to try to go against what they said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dennis. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck with that. <laughs> he was actually on our show um, he, the second season of um, – a show that I was a writer on called Soldiers of Fortune. Oh yeah, they brought Dennis Rodman on. I don't know who's Yankee. It was the beginning of woke. I'll tell you. They're like, we're going to bring him on the TV show because there was money. Whole thing bombed. Did it? it? Like, he couldn't even speak. He he was like, you know, it was. He he's was an
2: interesting man though. To say that I the hear. Least, you know the. Could to go with Kim Jong-un and just tank, be able to actually talk with him? Like, crazy. Well, we don't know what he talked about, well, right? Correct. We don't know what he talked about. Yeah. No, just we look, know, we he, know
1: Jung is kind of starstruck, too. Correct. I think any Hollywood actor could he'd probably go over, go yeah. over yeah. there and he'd, like, you know, could buddy up to him. And here you
0: got a guy that played with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, yeah. Yeah. Phil Jackson.
1: I could you know? probably try a blacklist thing, too. I bet you he would take uh, me, yeah. too. I you know? be yeah. like... Let me go over and sit with you Speaking of the blacklist, Blacklist. I was going to ask you one more thing, but (laughs) I'll I'll go back to it later. I
0: have it there. So how did the blacklist, how did this happen? Because this is some serious shit.
1: Yeah, that was a great ride.
0: Man, you are one. I watched every one of these. Every one of
1: them. That's my good buddy, Thad Turner, former Navy SEAL Team 2, behind me there. That's James Spader. Great guy. Yeah. How is he in person? He was wonderful. He what is a professional. Perfect yeah, for the role. He was very gracious. Uh, taught me a lot. Was very generous. How'd you get the gig? You know... A to Z. Um, a to Z. How'd you get the gig? That's a
0: 1911,
1: by the way. That's what I was using there. Wow. <clears throat> um, so, Michael... So, John Bokenkamp, he's one of the creators and writers. And there's a lot. there were a lot of good writing teams. And, of course, the, the cast was stacked really well. Uh, everybody was done well. And, but the hero in all of this was the executive producer and sometimes director Michael Watkins. Um, just love him to death. Um, so Watkins calls me up one day. We call him M4. Now get this. You're going to love this. So Michael Watkins is the only cameraman director that I ever know that got his own battle gear and literally went in the trenches of Afghanistan to film a documentary before it was ever being done by himself. I was supposed to go with him and I couldn't because we were running a rescue operation. And he went on his own. And his wife, like, will you make sure you bring his body back? And I said, well, I have to go get it. (laughs) And and So anyway, great guy. Anyway, so, so
0: you had known him prior to. I had Blacklist. known him prior yeah. Oh, okay. If he was okay. He so was, you got a actually, little bit of an in.
1: He had actually been a director on the CBS show, The Agency. Oh yeah, that's right. You're yeah. on the Agency.
0: Yeah, he was on the CBS show, Agency. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait till you see his credits when we're done with the Blacklist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the Blacklist.
0: Then we, when you see his credits, you'll be here for an hour going through it. Right.
1: So Watkins calls me up and he says, "Hey," he goes, "I'm shooting this new show." He goes, "It was falling apart." I got called in. I'm EP. It's called The Blacklist. And he goes, and I'm like, okay, well, what's it about? And he goes, well, I don't have time to tell you about it. He goes, but I got this scene, and I need somebody to come in and show us how to take down a warehouse that the main character, James Spader, may have been captured in. Can you do that? And I said, well, well, sure. He says, yeah, I got a bunch of stuntmen that probably need trained up. And I said, well, what if I just bring in some real former CIA guys? And he goes like, "What do you mean, bring him in?" I said, "Like, I could, like you could fly him in." I said, "Then we could shoot this in probably one or two takes." And he says, "Absolutely." He goes, "Where are they?" I go, "Well, I got one in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, <laughs> I got this other guy here and here and here." I said, "So I got about like four or five of them." I said, "Would you be willing to look? You don't have to pay anybody. Just fly him in and feed him And he said, "Absolutely." Wow. So he flies my my guys in. Right? John Herms was there and that and a few other guys. So anyway, we get in there and Michael was just so gracious. He was shooting in the morning and he said, look, I want you to go, he knew I had some experience, because I want you to go out and lay out the scene and we'll shoot after lunch. So I go over with a location guy and I just take pictures of everything and and I put them on the wall. And so in lunch break I go, okay, here we go. Here's all your shots. Here's what we'll do. This is where we're going to move blah 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 set cameras here blah 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 and he's got a drone camera drone too which is really cool and he goes okay let's shoot it so we shoot this thing right and we do it like in three takes and it turns out great i go away about a week later michael calls me back up and he goes he goes hey he goes um nbc saw you in the editing bay on that scene, and they want to know, do you want to come back and be a co-star on the show as the head of Red red (laughs) Revolution's Mercenary Army? Did did you follow (laughs) I just said, I don't have to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) He he starts laughing. He says, well, I don't know what you'll have to say. He goes, but are you interested? And I said, yeah. I said, if it doesn't interfere with me rescuing kids, and he goes, I'll make sure it doesn't. He goes, most of the time, he says, we'll see if I can fly in on a Thursday, shoot Friday, and have you out on Saturday, or maybe we'll be here for a week at the longest and he says will oh, but I'll work with you and he did he worked the schedule it was great and um next thing i know i'm on for four seasons and got the opportunity to you know work with James Spader. and Red Reddington yeah Red Reddington and yeah. and what's so funny is you know he's always he's always going after the cabal and what's so funny is everything you know, Trump was experiencing at the same time was kind of like you know, it's kind of like Red Reddington. I know, James, if you're listening to this, you probably—I don't know if you're Democrat or Republican. So don't hate me with this because I love you to death.
0: But I, I don't care what you are. I love you to death. It, yeah, that was but them. it's
1: kind of like Red Reddington was the Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, kind you of. You know, that. it's like,
1: I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going after the cabal. And every time we would shoot a scene, I would think about, you know, this criminal who's r- saving the world because he knows where all the bad guys are. And I thought, wow, this is great. So it was a perfect role for him, and he was probably, outside of, I have a good friend, Sam Elliott, who you're known for, you know, he's always a cowboy and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But outside of Sam and a few other actors, uh, James was right up there as far as his ability to... You know, carry out his craft. He was a monster on that show. And the black guy, too. The black guy was a
0: monster. Dembe? Yeah, Dembe. Yeah, Yeah, he he
1: was really good. Yeah, he was good. Um, Keyshawn was his real name. And Keyshawn was a former Marine. Uh, He was also a New York firefighter. Really? Um, And his father (coughs) actually was um, Malcolm X's right hand man. Holy shit. And his father, according to my conversation with. Kishon was that his father was actually assassinated by a number of people because he was breaking ties with Malcolm X mm-hmm. because uh, he no longer believed in. Uh, Kishon, I uh, forgive me if I have this story wrong, um, if you're listening, but I think he said that um, Malcolm X was leaning left a lot, and that his father didn't believe in that, and um, his father was it became a problem. Yeah, it became a problem. So, um he was great to work with, loved him to death. I would I always hoped that there would be a show with him and I. Yeah. You know, together, just going out and doing something. We talked about it funny times, but he was brilliant. Everybody on there, the cast was they were all just wonderful people to me. Uh, Susan, um, would you remember Dr. Doc- yeah. Kaplan? Yep. Loved that lady to death. Yeah. Very oh my good. gosh. Love her. She ball. used to we'd walk in, she had so much respect for us as veterans. When she would be on set, we'd walk up and she just Give us a big old warm hug and go, I am so glad you guys are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Watching it, sometimes you're like, you idiot, you idiot. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing with this idiot? He's setting you up. (laughs) You remember watching that,
2: Rob? You know, the problem with me is when I watch these shows, I get into them, and I did get into Blacklist, and then when I miss them, forget about it, because then I'm so busy working, and then I go back to it, but yes, I do remember Blacklist. When
0: you do a show like that, is is it like a movie where you're taking take after take after take, or it's- one or two takes and it's done.
1: Yeah, it depends on who's directing. If you got a really skilled director, they like may. the blacklist. Yeah, like when Michael was, when Michael was, he was not only EP, but when he was directing, I've seen him get a scene in one take. Wow. Um, and sometimes two or three, um, but he was all about business. He understands that people have families, and they want to go home at the end of the day. And being on set uh, is it, it's very long. I mean, you show up sometimes at six in the morning. Um, and you're not, you're not, you don't get a break. You get one lunch break and that's sometimes only 45 minutes, maybe an hour at the most. And then you're back on set and you're shooting till maybe 1800 hours. So, I mean, it's just nonstop and focused. So I don't, you know. When you're doing a weekly show yeah. like that, like, it, like, especially,
0: uh, I, I call him Rad. Yeah. You know, and he's got that huge part.
1: He's not he doesn't memorize all that. Yeah. He remember he does. Yeah, he does. The
0: entire thing for yeah. the for I, that show.
1: Yeah, he gets he gets his script sent to him. The pages sometimes change in the middle of the script, can change at the last moment, but he's responsible for knowing it and I've watched him I don't recall ever watching him sit in his chair with the script. Damn. He just uh you know, we have us. Uh, we have someone that kind of manages the script and can if you if you forget what your line is you know script coordinator um they'll you'll go line and they'll help you with that but I honestly don't remember ever not that he did I just don't remember ever seeing him come in and not be able to spit out I was just curious like, if, if they
0: do like if you're taking say take four for the day okay here's a script quick memorize it do the take okay here look at the paper again in no, 15 I minutes him do that yeah wow
1: yeah because he would go and he may have gone back to his room and may have looked at stuff Oh, I mean, he, I'm Sure he did as we all did yeah but i remember watching him do a monologue one time that was easily 20 minutes i mean it was just I was like, "How in the world did he learn all of that?" You know? That's what I was
0: asking because when I was watching it, as now that you know we add it and do that stuff, yeah, you could tell when there's a cut or a switch frame, mm-hmm. and I, if many times it was 10, 15 minutes straight yeah. where there was no clip, yeah. no change of scene. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well,
1: think about this: he say if he say if he's doing fifteen minutes, and you got to set the cameras up at a different angle because you, know, you got to reverse, right? You know, sometime on on the person he's speaking to. He's got to go through all that all over again because, you know, he's now sharing dialogue or or having a moment with that person. He's still saying the same thing. So it's not about acting as much as it is, I believe, reacting, reacting to what right. the scene is or what the other person is saying and everything. Or so I learned it from a, a very well-known female actress is isn't any longer with us. But, yeah, he was, he was pretty amazing. In fact, yeah, I, mean, I think they were all good, you know. And then a series like that that you're doing.
0: Right. You know, so say the series, series one, it ends. Mm-hmm. You guys start right back up on two. Yeah. Like series one is that you're right up on two. Yeah, and you may go seven, 14
1: days. Back? And then you're, you know, maybe you get a break and then like a, a day break or whatever and you're back on the next episode.
0: And then how long does it take to, like with the blacklist? What were they, 10, 10 each series? 10 shows of series know. or 8 maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't remember to be honest with you. How long did each series take to to complete? You You're talking right? about from the time you shoot it to the time it's edited. Yeah. That's a really good question. I I don't know the answer right. to that. Michael probably would and other people I didn't pay much attention to that, but you got to it's got to be shot. It's got you know, you got to get everything in the can, then you got to it's got to go to the editing bay and those guys have to edit it and the director right. gets the director's cut. So right after you shoot, the directors in the editing bay because it's his episode, so he's gotta make sure, along with the editors, that it's his vision and whatever he was trying to do. So it's it's a little bit of work.
0: Before the editing,
1: mm-hmm. though, just
0: the shooting, how long does that take? Like when you, have, like depends the on the
1: episode. If you, you mean if you don't get up early, let's see. I remember shooting for, we've shot for seven days. I remember shooting on some other stuff, it was like a 14 day shoot. But I generally speaking, about, it's about a week long, you know, I, I, if I recall correctly wow that's that's yeah. congratulations yeah, you would go like Monday and then we'd end up like early Saturday and then maybe shoot two more days after that. It just depends
0: because I remember the sopranos when yeah. i when I was a kid right, and uh the lady I worked for, my boss actually she liked the sopranos, yeah, so I could get the seasons earlier, so I would give her one- like one episode at a time so I could leave all day and go. To the gym and do whatever, and she would look the other way. She was an Italian lady. She, did yeah. her you know, she just wanted her little. She wanted to tell everybody that she got the new season. You know, oh, that's it was great. big. So that's why I asked that. <laughs> so they started right away, and then I was wondering how long it takes to shoot the season. I know you got to edit it, but I was wondering like how
1: long if you do, say, eight episodes, how right. long that actually takes to do. Yeah, that's probably a question better for. For the executive producers okay. and guys that actually do it. <laughs> that, that As an actor on there, you know, it's like. <laughs> you come in, do your shit, and you're out, right? <laughs> like, well, kind of, to be kind honest of. with you. Know, yeah. Like, I mean, if I had. I'm sure there are moments. I'm sure if that time ever comes in the future where I'm like, you know, the executive producer, I'll pay more attention to it. <laughs> but, yeah, I just want to get in and do myself. Kind of like CIA, just a specialist. Like, okay, you're a sniper. You have one job. We're dropping you in. Take out your target. We're picking you up. That's bonito. all you need to worry about, you know.
0: Right? Yeah. Pull up all, all the credits. All right. Look at all these, man. Wow. Avenger. The Closer, The Company, Jake 2.0, Combat Missions, The Agency, CBS, The Legend, Nowhere Man, Kobe Rubin Story. Scroll down through all these, Rob. Phew. How was The Analyst? Did you enjoy that? What's that? Did you enjoy The Analyst?
1: Uh, go up. Where are we at?
0: Uh the show.
1: The agency you mean?
0: No, no. The an- the uh, hey. analyst.
2: Agency.
1: The agency. Yeah, shit. Agency. That's kinda like analysts. The agency was great. We talked okay. a little bit about it's that. It's only there in bold letters. Ah, <laughs>
2: that's okay.
0: I was looking at analysts over there on the right hand side like a moron. Look at all that war on there. Damn, Boss.
2: Are these are all your all the shows you can on to? Like yeah. it looks like oh wow. Yeah, you get a lot there now Why do you get not? a now do you get a vote uh for an emmy is that right are you no, no? Uh, i
1: didn't i don't think i was ever put in for one uh, but
2: but do you get a chance to vote you yourself uh you know? i do yeah with yeah, screen right? actor Guild, right yeah. correct yeah and writer Guild, yeah that's kind of cool actually so he gets a he gets to vote for the emmys that is cool right i like that. that's pretty neat yeah. wow how many episodes of the blacklist holy crap
0: a lot wow. <laughs> <laughs> a few just a few and then you got radio, print, spy, Newman Magazine, music. And then you got into, mar- before that, before all this, you got into martial arts. And wh- I can't even say what you did.
1: Yeah. Um, uh,
0: I have it here. Uh, Akido. Akido? What the hell is Akido. that? Do you yeah. know what
2: that is? I've yeah. heard of it.
0: What do you think it is? Uh, it's got to be some type something of Something
2: with
1: your. Jitsu,
2: his his hands. I, I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. Probably a new way
0: to kill somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it's Japanese, and it, it actually is it's the art of hand-to-hand combat, basically, for the samurai, if they lost their battle tools or sword or whatever. Um, oh, very It's been cool. around for a long time. Um, it's it's actually what Steven Seagal practices. He's a sensei for that. So you've seen him in action. Yeah. It, that's what it is. I was blessed enough to be a part of a, an amazing... Uh, the Humbo, which is the headquarters for the uh, Budo Yosekan Federation, which is in Torrance, California. Um, Sensei Aj. akira uh,
0: is that where you can uh, you you can take your palm and just
1: knock somebody out with your palm? You probably do it with that can of monster, right? <laughs> there too, right?
0: Well, yeah. I,
1: I meant like <laughs> the actual, you know, not um, in the you street. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's um, it's the mostly a process of off balancing and the transfer of energy in a direction or opposite direction or whatever it may be. Wherever you want the power to go to, Pretty much so. I I think it's a great way of helping people understand it. Um, You know, um, Google probably has a better definition for it. Um, I've studied for about, I don't know, 30 years. Wow, Wow. congratulations. Not a long time, I still need to be studying. Um, I'm no longer, because I live in Colorado, my, the dojo, which I loved, uh, is actually in torrance california so um any training that i do now i have to do virtually or instead of finding a another Aikido dojo you know i could start a study group which would be me basically uh encouraging others to train with me to some degree but um yeah, it was great. It was a great part of my my life. Congratulations, and I love yeah. it. And it was great. Uh, and another thing that <laughs> was—I well, was just going to say—if we,
2: we didn't—if we, we didn't know this already from the beginning, just don't fuck with this guy. Yeah. If you're at a, yeah. you're at a bar, you're not. With <laughs> yeah. You're not fucking with yeah. this guy. Him, well, and, him, uh, and, uh, him
0: and Rick have that stamp. Yeah. Don't don't fuck, fuck with, with me. me.
2: Correct. So. I forgot to ask you one yeah. thing
0: about Blacklist. Yeah. They had said that it was based on Whitey Bulger, partially based on Whitey Bulger.
1: Really? Yeah. You're talking about. The Blacklist, like I, I really? guess, yeah. You <clears throat> Google said it. that? Do you remember? Google, yeah. Okay, really? that I didn't know. I didn't help create the show. Yeah, Rob, go so to Google and
0: type in a Blacklist. Yeah, they said it was uh, partially based on uh, Whitey Bulger. Okay. And I, I don't see how that Blacklist, oh yeah, do it like that, yeah. The Blacklist was originally inspired, inspired by my boss Whitey Bulger. Wow. Click right There's the Blacklist right there. Following the screening, producers revealed that their inspiration for the show came right around the time Whitey Bulger had been captured. Bulger
1: is a Boston crime figure;
0: everybody knows who he
1: is. Yeah, I, I don't. He I just protecting his neighbor yeah. and his resident. Well, they could take the idea and run I, with it. I guess kind. Of. I just didn't see it. I didn't either. I didn't ever talk about it on set, but and
0: you were and you were in it. No. But, yeah, I, but I I'm it saying that. when I was watching it, I didn't see anything really like Whitey Bulger did.
1: Well, maybe it was the whole idea of protecting yeah. the country or protecting your neighbors or
0: I don't know, it was a great show, so who cares? <laughs> it was, uh,
1: <laughs> it's still entertaining even when we watch it now. It's like, Hey, that was fun. I don't remember that, you know. So And then you got into speaking. Got into speaking. Uh, and this is a great yeah. thing that you do, life coach. I do life coaching, yeah, and and uh, we stay kinda busy with that. Um you know, it's um I got to a point where I realized, you know, my father was this amazing life coach. He just Provided guidance to me and my sister and my friends and everybody was coming to my dad And I grew up in a family and and being an Italian family You probably might have grown up like this as well where we sat at the foot of my grandfather after dinner and he would tell stories or give guidance or
0: oh Yeah,
3: you know, it's like
1: like, I I looked at it as
0: a damn lecture, but well,
1: yeah, and after a while I started seeing the wisdom and I did too as a kid and so I started seeing the wisdom in it and it was like wait a minute you just helped me navigate a lot of fault lines in life and then I went to the citadel and got more of it and it in the marine corps and then life experience and all of a sudden I had people that started coming to me uh, that I ended up mentoring you know younger men mostly and um, the advice I was giving them was working for them and um, one thing led to another and the next thing I know a buddy of mine said yeah, so you're life coaching and I was like what he goes you're life coaching He goes, you're giving better advice than they're going to get from their own home most of the time. And so I opened this up to help a lot of people, and uh, it's worked out really well. You know, you get all kinds of calls, mostly from people that can't get guidance or advice. Like, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you that matters. And sometimes just that statement alone opens up the door so they don't commit suicide
0: yeah you know my buddy my buddy was a marine he committed suicide i'm sorry to hear that
1: and uh what had happened
0: was because of all this shit they cut his uh remember i told you I had the engineering firm right 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 he was my main guy oh wow. and uh when i closed it we still stayed close when the v he was a, well, he was in the cold war and he, right. he and he was a captain and he right. lost one of his soldiers and the other three guys it was him and four guys he lost one he was the captain and he wanted to go back and get the soldier that they lost but if they want if they would have went back they all would have died yeah so he had to leave and he never got over it from the day i met him i could see it in his eyes he never got over it yeah he came home he was so fucked up over it walked in the house his wife is in the shower he thinks just in his mind that she's in the, he's in she's in the shower with a guy so she's just Blasting the house Not her oh, Just oh, yeah. shooting the house up Yeah You know Didn't hit her or anything But then You know He got over that thing Or whatever Stayed busy VA Had overtime at the VA Then COVID hit Yeah And they took his overtime And when they took his overtime At the VA Cause that was his home To be like with his brothers mm-hmm. When they took that overtime From him And he felt like His wife was gonna have to go Get another job That was it Wow Wow I, I had talked to him. He's like, I did this. I did that. And I was like, just stay where you're at. Just stay where you're at. Next day. I'm so sorry. That Kept too. trying to call back. Did they have him on meds and stuff? I, well, he was on vodka. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was his medicine yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a
1: lot of guys that happens. And it's the one thing. we. Fortunately, we have a method now. What's interesting. We have a, a protocol we use. And we use it for our, our trauma victims for sex trafficking. And we're, it's about 98% successful every single time, every single time. Um, it doesn't work. The 2% of it doesn't work is when there's a drug addiction because there's a chemical dependence. But when it comes to PTSD and stuff, and I've used it on a number of my buddies who are veterans that were suicidal, they're fine now and everything. So um, I even, the VA actually, I had a talk with somebody at the VA um, also, and they were interested in the program, what we were doing. Never knew what happened with it. After I turned it over to them, <laughs> we just never heard anything after that. You know, they, I don't know if they're using it or not using it. But they you know, for everybody that's listening, if you're a vet, there are better ways than just drugs. My buddy, uh, who was a former SEAL, he lost one of his, his buddies in the chopper that went down in Kandahar, and he never got over it. Uh, and when he, by the time he got to me... It was on the recommendation of a lot of other of his friends. I had him for two days. At the end of the two days, everything was better than it had ever been before. Um, So there are ways out there. So if you're listening to this and you're going down that road, call me. You know, call me. And in between my operations, I'd be more than happy to help. And we'll, we'll
0: have all this in the description yeah. so that, uh, you know, it's there anytime yeah. anybody wants to go to it. So a yeah. year from now that this video will be up, you can always go to it yeah. because uh, that's another thing that they don't pay any attention to. Yeah, that's You right. know, they don't do shit. Yeah, yeah. They so. just blow it under the rug.
1: Well, hey, you know, I, I like – the VA has been good to me at times, and then sometimes they've been rotten. I mean, I went through a, a deal where um, I was dealing with some an issue. <laughs> I walked in, and they basically said – you're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to be able to do this. And we can't do anything for you. And I had to seek alternatives that prove them absolutely wrong. You know, it's not about dispensing pills. You know, they don't always get it right. And so we have some improvements, you know, um, that we need to make around our own VA program, to be honest with you.
0: Happy to hear that. Yeah. Happy to hear that. So. And last question before sure. I drive you nuts. That's all right. All right. So the drones and the UFO bullshit ah! are the, <laughs> uh, are, uh, yes. are they drones or UFOs? What do you think? I'm I'm confused. I, I've had, I've had jet pilot in here said there's no way it's a drone. Too much, uh, G force. Rick thinks it's a drone, right? Rick thinks it's a drone. Yeah, Andrew yeah, thinks government. it's a drone. I mean, they both think there's UFOs. Well, but... Rick thinks Elvis
1: Presley stole life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that, Rick? All right, buddy. Uh, what do you think it is? You know, I've had some pretty compelling Im- information from my wife, who's kind of a quantum science kind of person. Rob, and, uh, shit. don't get me, and, Bob Lazar. Yeah, uh, uh, That's Bob Lazar right here. There you go. And yes. she, you know, I listen to her, and she's convinced that they're aliens or the unidentified flying objects. I know that from my experience, uh, there's always been something advanced. Um, that we may that we're not aware of because it maybe it's as held as classified, um, but i've seen i saw the the lights over Phoenix that time those objects, and when they left i've never seen anything li- leave that fast so in my limited inf- knowledge of g force and all that I just don't know how anybody could withstand that so I think there are i think there are are Angelic beings, I think there are God things. I think there's sightings that, that we may they may be, they might be extraterrestrial. They could be heavenly bodies. They could be something that's beyond us like that. Um, I've never seen an alien, um, and so I've learned over the course of time not to dispose of anything um, just because I haven't seen it. For example, I can't see air. But right. I breathe. Right. So. You know, it's kind of like people that go, well, I don't believe in God. Well, it's like God didn't need your belief or disbelief in order to exist. I mean, you're a fool. Come on, you know. So I can't see that either. And there's a lot of things. So I haven't seen aliens, but doesn't mean that they, they can't. So I've I, never found anything in the agency, though. And I did ask. Talk. No. And, and Rick maybe. I mean, I asked questions to the science and technology guys before, and maybe they weren't allowed to reveal it. But at that time, they just kind of laughed it off and said no. You know, we we don't have that technology, and and we've never discovered any aliens. There's no secret, but that doesn't mean what do you think?
0: What do you think? What does Boz think?
1: Wow, that's a good question. I I think anything is possible. I don't think the question is are there aliens. I think the question more is like, what do we do if there are aliens? you know what do you so how does it affect us you know i i don't know the answer to that i think you know there are things in the ocean we haven't even discovered yet yeah so i i know what i saw over phoenix it was enough to make me think that there's something technology seems space wise
0: technology seemed to take off really quick
1: it does you know and i mean like too quick incredibly quick
0: so you know, th- that kind of seems like some type of reverse engineering, like maybe you got
1: part of it, you know? Could be. I never got—I only went to Area 51 once. I didn't see anything. You went
0: to Area 51? <clears throat> yeah. What can you say about that?
1: Went there to see a Hind helicopter. You know, we, we had—we um, put enough money out for, for the Russians, someone to defect, mm-hmm. and they did, and they brought a Hind helicopter. It was during the first invasion of Afghanistan uh, when the Russians invaded and there was a gun system on there that we needed to understand, and we needed to understand a lot about it. So we had one, and we went to Area 51 and took a look at it, climbed all over it, you know. Is that, not, is that security beyond security? You know, uh, I went there with another agency guy, um, we didn't have a problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well i guess i yeah, guess not yeah if me and rob try to go there we're getting ba- we're, problem, we're, we're yeah. gonna have some bullet holes yeah, yeah we had clearance i mean we went and,
1: <laughs> we just went and there we didn't go all over the place we went and did what we were supposed to do and then we left that was, that was kind of about it you know? still you it got cool. to stay right there well it was cool because i'd never Locked. been on a hind helicopter before and, it was yeah. like, and we had like the first ones that anybody had seen so <clears throat> um, excuse me so that was kind of cool you know it's kind of like looking at a UFO oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's the But uh, I didn't say anything else.
2: I think this year is the fortieth anniversary of E. T. Is it? it's like, yeah, that was a cool. show. That's one of my yeah. favorite movies. Like, oh, yeah,
1: mine, one of mine too. I liked
2: love, it. I loved E.T. It was good. Yeah. It was the best. Yeah. It was good. Every,
1: every, every kid. Although
2: like my my, my kids dread it when we go to Universal Studios. They have the ET ride. It's yeah. the oldest ride there, and it's yeah. you could tell. But it's you go on the little bike when they're ET yeah. flying, and they're like, Dad, do we really have to? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, yes, that's yes, we good.
1: Well, you know what was good about that? Those were in times, and and that was probably some of the times we didn't see anymore. They were making, Hollywood was making some wholesome stuff. I thought mean, that was yeah. the Spielberg thing, yeah, right? Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg. Yeah, they were making some wholesome stuff. Unfortunately, I can't say the same about that now. No. You know, when we look at uh, the influence of like shooters, so to speak, like kids that, you know, yeah. and we look at their influence, they're in on video games, like yep. Call of Duty and all that. So they get so desensitized to human life and they get so brainwashed and programmed oh, yeah. yep. that when they go to do a bad deed they shoot they shoot them up you know they get their themselves on a weapon you know and look you can get a weapon anywhere and, and even if you ill even that, if, that's the funny even thing. if you <laughs> outlawed any weapon in the world the black market you yeah. can't stop it because guess what are we stopping drugs from the black market no, no. no. are we stopping anything from the black market no no. And we don't have control of it. So just because you make a law... It doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean anything. If you
0: want a gun, you're going to go
1: get a gun. Yeah, That's yeah. just the way it and the fuck And if you don't is. have a gun, you'll get a knife, you'll get a baseball bat, Stop. you'll get a... And so they the print guns, too. Yeah. They can 3D print. Oh, of yeah, course. Yeah. So the problem isn't the gun. The problem is, why are people killing people? And if we address
2: that... Mental health a lot. Of-
1: it's mental health, right? So coming out of the CIA and understanding a lot about the brain and programming... I think there's a lot of, a lot of officers in the agency, that understand you can just about program anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. And with the technology we have now, you can do that and you can trigger them. They go, what's well, the Manchurian candidate? It's like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Pretty much anything Hollywood writes about
3: mm-hmm.
1: is gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I got put, when I was in Hollywood, it's interesting, I got uh, attached to uh, an organization who, of movie makers, where the government sent people from all the agencies in the government. They'd send half the class was those people and the other half were writers and producers. And together we would get together to do predictable outcomes. Shit. And interesting. And we came up with scenarios based on creative thinking. That was what it was about. Like what would happen here? How could this take place?
0: Well what happened with Back to the Future too? There's no flying cars.
1: There you go. <laughs> exactly. But we did get hoverboards, though. Yeah. Oh, we did get hoverboards. We did get hoverboards. And they, and they, they work. We really yeah. have them now. Yeah. And, the and the shoes. They're cool. I can't wait to get on one. Yeah. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah I've seen them. And, and the
2: shoes that Oh, yeah, up. and the shoes. They, they got the Nikes oh, that the shoes, lace up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... Part of it's there. Yeah. Part know. of it is there, and so. you know the rest of the shit's common. It's just, it, the, it's just a matter. It's just Doc was a little bit off on the date. That's <laughs> exactly. all. Exactly.
1: You know? So we just have to ask ourselves, where do we want to be in, in all of this? You know, yeah. Yeah. when that when it all comes, or when that time comes for whatever. But yeah, that, yeah, it's all coming and everything. So. Anyway. Oh, oh yeah, what is your dad as a Green Beret? Yeah. What does he think about this shit? He's got to be like, what the hell. My dad is very outspoken. He, <laughs> so he is one of 12 kids Whoa, whose father came here in 1914. My grandfather, who was Druze, married my grandmother, who was Waccamaw, Native American. And he came into a country where his grandfather said, you will speak English. This is America. You will salute the flag you will learn the pledge of allegiance and you will learn the constitution of the united states because we have freedoms here that we never had in our country very good cool. you will be an american and my father grew up thinking well can i ever go back to the old country that's what they call it you know you yeah, the old country and my grandfather said absolutely not there's nothing for you all they do is fight and they kill that's all i came from because he fought against the ottoman empire and he oh, said wow. this is america Oof. and you will be an american and so my grandpa and my father Grew up very patriotic. I mean, and he grew up in Georgetown, South Carolina, which was an old American Revolution town hmm. where George Washington and, and, of course, the Swamp Fox, which the movie Mel Gibson made, yeah, The Patriot. The Patriot. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. So he grew up around that. And I got a chance to grow up around that as well. So we learned a lot about the founding of the country. My mother's side, we're all part of the daughters of the American Re- Revolution they came from the lamberts who came from scotland who fought during the in the war so you know this this permeated our life and my father is one who's very direct hmm. and he's very no nonsense and so he thinks that bad guys should be put away he thinks corruption should be ended with an iron fist and he cuts no slack in his dialogue, when it comes to who he likes and who he doesn't <laughs> that like, sounds like my tell you, dad. Yeah. yeah. So sounds he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't like this administration, and he calls them for what they are. And he even goes further to say, if they come knock on my door, it'll be the last day of my life. <laughs> so, and it's like, Dad, you know, you got to be careful. Somebody hears that, he goes. What do I got to lose? He goes, what are you going to do? Send me back to Vietnam, Korea? He goes, you know, <laughs> he goes, he goes, I spent the whole, my whole life trying not to come home in a body bag. He goes, I have no problem being put in a body bag in America. <laughs> he goes, so you know what? He goes, that's right and that's wrong. And he goes, that's they it. want to come here? Bring it on, he goes, because I'm ready and I'm ready to go the way I want to go. And that's the kind of guy he is. And with that,
0: <laughs> damn, that's a good way to cut it up. It <laughs> All right, Baz, thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Tom. I hope you come back again. Anytime you you invite. Have a good time.
1: Our door is always welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, buddy. What
0: an honor to meet you. you. Thank you. Thank you.